0: On this episode, we discuss nine lives. It's like a big budget ripoff of a talking cat. Welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. Hey guys, I'm Stuart Wellington.
1: And I'm Elliot Kalen. Glad Stuart popped his cap during his name thing, and not once again during my name thing. <laughs> 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 Upstaging me with the opening of a bottle yet again, I feared.
2: <laughs> They're like, who's that cool character? <laughs> who's, who's that the, new guy who just showed up? Who's
1: the original party animal that just wandered in while <laughs> nerdy Kalen was talking? A brewski.
0: Woohoo. That's you. Kids don't say Wait, Brewski anymore. Me? Yeah. Yeah, because they think that, that you're the one who uh, loves, loves oh, beer. Oh, yeah, cause because I, the... by
1: context, yeah, it's a real uh, Kuleshov experiment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. So every time people hear your voice, they're thinking beer, beer, popping a beer. When they should be
1: thinking <laughs> chicken, chicken, tearing into some sweet fried chicken. Mm-hmm.
2: So what do we do here
0: on this here podcast, Dan? <laughs> Why, thank you, sir. This here podcast <laughs> is a bad movie <laughs> podcast. thank him for. <laughs>
1: Let's <laughs> ask you a question. If anything, you made your life a little harder.
0: <laughs> this is a podcast where we watch a bad movie, and then we talk about it. And tonight, we watched a movie called Nine Lives. Hey guys, what's been going on in your nine
2: lives? <laughs> um, well, I've been helping my mom move, mm-hmm. so I've spent a, a few days
1: this week moving boxes, pouring kitty litter into paint so it'll dry up and we can toss it out of the dump.
2: Yep. Uh, bringing things to a storage facility. Did you did you have a situation where you needed to carry a box to somewhere else and you're like, nobody's going to let me go into that place with this box. So you put a headband on and some Mentos? And <laughs> uh, just...
1: Not really, because
2: we rented the storage space. So
1: uh, <laughs> uh, While carrying the kitty litter box, I did think to myself, wow, I'm finally just like Glenn Danzig, famously in a photograph carrying a box of kitty litter that he just bought. And I've had a lot of this conversation with my mom. Mom, you can throw this out. But you loved that when you were a kid. Yeah, but I don't want it anymore. I have no use for this. Well, we'll put it in storage and you can make that decision yeah. later. You Thanks, to, Mom.
2: You have to put away those childish things. Yeah, it's right in there in the Bible. Mhm. Or that John Cougar Mellencamp song.
1: Yeah, the Bible. <laughs> This <laughs> yeah. isn't
2: that. Isn't the Bible just the best John Had Cougar Mellencamp you, song? Have you seen pictures of John Cougar Mellencamp lately? It's like the top he, of his head is yeah. trying to escape. He's I've more cougar than before. Mellencamp he now. Lo- it's like he is living his life, hoping to get some stunt casting in a Dick Tracy. Yeah, where like he plays <laughs> flat top, the Green Lantern uh, villain.
0: Yeah. his head is bursting out of the scene. Sinestro. Yeah. No,
1: no, no. The other one with the big head from the movie. What's the, Who's in the wheelchair? Brainiac? No, I, no, that's Superman. I can't remember his name. He doesn't have a code name. It's just a human name.
2: Oh, that's
0: lame. Okay, like James. So maybe he James could, the Big Head guy. He
1: could be a modern Dick Tracy villain like Bruce Willis, who would who would be called Low Lip because his upper lip is a crazy distance from his nose. <laughs> Look at Bruce Willis and don't see and try not to think about how far away his upper lip is from his nose.
2: Yeah, it's insane. Like you would think he would rent <laughs> himself out for uh, for like life drawing classes. <laughs> You think like, oh, what's it? What would it look like if someone, if a Simpsons character existed in real
0: life? Oh, Bruce Willis. There you go. Mm-hmm. Take that Hollywood superstar Bruce Willis. Hey, he we can, can hang He number. can take it. Come on,
1: this is the guy. He's still living on that North money. He's living on that Bruno money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Bru- return of Bruno. Bruno's returns. <laughs> and he's got a lot of harmonica to play at Planet Hollywood's around the world. You kind of feel like he co-founded Planet Hollywood just so he'd always have a venue for performing as Bruno. Wherever he went, uh-huh. what does he yeah, like? Well, Jump up there and play like many... Mac Tonight
2: songs on a piano.
0: Yeah, Mac Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, all the blues trap are notwithstanding. There is not a lot of harmonica front fronted band venues out there. Uh, wherever Bob Dylan's playing. All right, I guess. I guess you got me. there.
1: Nobel Prize winner for chemistry yep. <laughs> <laughs> because he because uh, he finally learned. Uh, what the answer was that was blowing in the wind, and that was a huge win for meteorology. How that affects chemistry and not physics, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not well. a
2: scientist. I'm just a guy who's making it up as he goes
1: along. But aren't we all?
2: So Elliot was carrying boxes. Dan, what's what have you been up to? You know, man, just the daily grind.
1: The daily show grind, <laughs> that is, on Comedy Central, weeknights at 11 p.m., Monday through <laughs> Thursday. Mm-hmm. Now hosted by Trevor Noah.
2: Okay, so we normally uh, watch a movie, and tonight was no different. <laughs> and uh, Stuart, Thanks. what have you been up to? You really derailed it. <laughs> I love how you're not trying to get it back on track
1: as if we're the problem. Settle
2: down, guys. Settle down. <laughs> now, here on this That's podcast, what's known as an attractive nuisance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I just got back from the Midwest, uh, went on an adventure. How is, uh, our old stopping grounds? Oh man! Uh, Birthplace of Hallie Hagland. Flat as always. It was well. I was in the kind of southern Midwest right. or the South. The South. S- the depending on who you it. ask. Yeah. Well, what state uh, were you in? Uh, I spent a little time in West Virginia. Okay, I'd call uh-huh. it the South. Yeah. And then a little bit in old Kentucky. South of the South. Uh, and Kentucky. Yep. Uh, went to a wedding. Spent some time in malls. Uh, yeah, it was pretty exciting. And I spent some time with children. Uh, which, I don't know if you know this, they're covered in germs. Uh, yeah, I own And they have me one. those germs. I and own I am, one. It's making me sick all the time. I'm operating at like 30% tonight, guys. Really?
0: Because you've been talking you've been more than usual. yammering like a like a yam. <laughs> Maybe <you know>. that's... <laughs> big old yam.
1: <laughs> you know, Dan, are you okay? <laughs> um, I just got
0: Thanksgiving on Take it on fucking easy, Dude. <laughs>
1: dan when you see yams do they talk to you do they ever tell you to burn things
0: <laughs> they tell me to put uh marshmallows on top of everything
1: <laughs> okay that's fair
0: uh what, what are we doing so we,
1: watch a movie, and and we doing watched a bad movie and we watched a bad movie tonight called nine lives nine erotic lives <laughs> <laughs> now no,
2: nine lives
1: is the next in an unending series, I assume, of stories about talking cats that we'll cover on the show. And that is the sure. second one. <laughs> and this where... A talking a, cat? Whereas a, ta- whereas a Talking Cat was a very low budget, very, uh, let's say, uh resourceless film. Uh-huh. In, well, that was uh, a
0: passion project.
1: It was a passion project in Someone which... we needed
0: to tell the story. It was burning up their brain of what would happen if a cat could talk. And had magic
1: powers. Now, yeah. in that one... Eric Roberts phoned in his performance as the cat, literally. It sounded Mm -hmm. like he was on a phone. Yep. In this movie, Kevin Spacey plays the cat. And the audio quality is better,
2: but the performance quality,
1: oh boy,
2: (laughs) not so much better. So you're saying uh, they're about the same level of actor.
1: Uh, I'm not saying that, although Eric Roberts is an underrated actor. And Kevin Spacey has not been playing to his... Total strengths in film. Although having seen him on stage in Richard the Third, he Ugh. was
2: fantastic. Uh, did he do his fucking Foghorn Leghorn impression he does on House of Cards? Uh, I
1: mean, he, fl- he played Richard the Third in a kind of a similar way. I suppose
0: I'll be a villain. <laughs>
1: A villain, I shall
2: be.
0: I've always <laughs> depended on the kindness. That's of a different
1: villains. play, <laughs> uh, boy. Boy, I say, boy, that's a joke, son. Winner of our discontent, son. <laughs> that's Foghorn the third. Um, a <laughs> horse boy, horse son, <laughs> kingdom yep. from a horse, horse son. One of the things in Richard the third.
0: <laughs> now all the clouds are glowered upon our houses, on the deep belly of the ocean buried. Etc. You know, wait Wait, wait. Those, no, those are actual lines. Oh, yeah. Good yeah job. No,
1: no, he's your genius. Anyway. So the, this movie, it's like when someone takes a little indie film mm-hmm. and makes a big budget version of it and loses the
0: soul. Like a tiny Indiana Jones movie where he's a little, little indie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a little, a little indie I film the indie. would that have been any worse than King, King of the Kingdom of the that Crystal would Skull be much Indiana Jones and the Incredible Tiny Adventure yeah would it be Incredible, a lot more would it
2: be standing next to things and be like look at that thing there <laughs> it's huge I mean, yeah, that's yeah just, that arc of the government that's just, that's, a little, that's just the little Elvis sketch for sure <laughs> <laughs>
1: little amnotsies are huge <laughs> why do you sound like Elvis it's <laughs> the 30s <laughs> he's just a kid now
0: Elvis learned it from me.
1: <laughs> that would be amazing. Much, And then he learned how to dance from Forrest Gump. Did Elvis come up with anything original? Yeah. And he stole his music from black people? Yeah. Ugh, and they call him the king. More like
2: the king of thieves. I thought, I thought Marty Robin McFly Hood? invented No, that's the prince of thieves. <laughs> oh, okay. The son of the king of thieves. I thought Marty McFly invented rock and roll. No, but Elvis
1: didn't invent it. He just stole it. Okay. From Marty McFly. But, yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and your kids are going to love it. That's Maybe. what I know about rock and roll.
1: I mean, my kids are gonna love <laughs> like some kind of weird yeah, electro drop like, music. Yeah, dub trance. I mean, right now my kid loves uh, the Muppet song "Nightlife," <laughs> which is the least memorable Muppet song. Although today he wanted me to sing him. Uh, he calls it the Muppet Baby song, but he means the song from the great from uh, Muppets Take
2: Manhattan, oh, the, where they're babies.
1: Gonna be a movie star. Yeah, that
2: one. The only thing that keeps me going late at night when I'm lying in bed (laughs) with my covers pulled up to my throat and I'm staring into the blackness, the only thing that lets me fall asleep and consider waking up for the next day is assuming that Elliot's child will love the band Wild Stallions (laughs) when he gets older.
1: I mean, (laughs) not just my child, the universe. Yeah,
2: the universe, that somehow Wild Stallions will unite uh, Mm -hmm. humanity. Yeah. Put all this, uh, you know, all these political the veil
0: of tears. Is, yeah, yeah.
2: Gotta, the veil of tears will be washed away in shimmering guitar solos. I mean, I did. Successfully get him to listen to
1: and headbang to Master of Puppets the other morning after my wife had gone to work. <laughs> of course, she loves Master of Puppets. He loves the Muppets. <clears throat> I figured that would be the bridge that would get him through. <laughs> but he, I would show, I was like, this is how daddy dances. And I would headbang. And he was like, I like to do it like this. And he was just shaking his head from side to side. Uh-huh. And I'm like, all right, so I got a sideways headbanging. We'll try it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Horizontal bang. Anyway, they have taken. So. A Talking Cat was the soulful indie version of a Talking Cat movie. (laughs) Nine Lives is kind of like the big-budget soulless version of A Talking Cat. What's weird is that as, as low ambition as A Talking Cat was... Nine Lives seems to have even less ambition than that, which is crazy because this is a Barry Sonnenfeld movie, and there's tons of swooping camera sh- movements—the kind you would expect from the guy who shot Raising so, Arizona. Like,
2: I've never seen a Barry Sonnenfeld movie or movies in general. What? Who? What other movies is this? Barry guy
1: Sonnenfeld. Made? He made... I know that
0: to be a lie, <laughs> sir. <laughs>
1: you were lying to us, but I'll I'll buy the premise. Allow me to explain. Barry Sonnenfeld started out as a director of photography for well, for porn, but also for the Coen Brothers. What? he had worked on some porn movie at one point when in I'm his just early days imagining <laughs> just like swooping a swooping shot into <laughs> a vagina <laughs> they were like oh you got to stop <laughs>
0: it's just it's so disorienting <laughs> <They don't laughs> He just mounts the camera to a penis <laughs> as it thrusts in and out well, I mean, it'd just be dark. That's the thing. Actually, now that sounds like a pretty good idea, to get a GoPro, strap it on. What? No, <laughs> no one would enjoy that. I'm not saying there would be good porn. N- I think <laughs> it would be. Yeah, yeah, it's like the a hardcore thing. Henry of porno movies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is hardcore Henry of
2: porno movies. It's called POV porn. It's just that. anyway. But like, are there guns and stuff? And does he throw grenades at people? <laughs> Probably, I don't okay. know. Um, Can you see it in a the theater, is what I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, only Show World and... and What's the other one near show world in New York? Playpen? No. Anyway. Uh, I only know show worlds because it's where I got We're my We're talking about Barry before. Sonnenfeld. Barry Sonnenfeld. He directed <laughs> Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values. He directed Get Shorty. Oh, I he like those He directed Men in Black. He's directed a ton of fun movies. And that's why they call him Ton of Fun Sonnenfeld. <laughs> Lately, he's been on a little bit of a <laughs> no, downslide. He did RV with Robin Williams. He did... Did
0: he do... What else did he do recently? Did he do the Good Shorty... He didn't do Be Cool, did he? I don't think he did Be Cool, which I haven't seen.
1: But uh, Get Shorty is a movie that I haven't seen in years, but I love. Like, when it first came out, I loved it. Still like it. I think it's a movie that would probably hold up really well.
2: Feels like the kind of movie that, like, if you got your dad the DVD, you'd be like, he's going to like this.
1: Oh, yeah, Sure. And being a dad, I love that stuff. (laughs) Yeah, you're like, Dennis Farina, sign me up. Once my son was born, it was like, oh, I love bad jokes and get shorty and talking about military history.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're like any (laughs) World War II film all of a sudden.
1: Suddenly I'm buying tickets to Steely Dan concerts. What's this all about? Yeah, any World War II, since my dad... It's because they
2: don't play live that often. That's why you're buying those (laughs) tickets.
1: (laughs) That's a good point. Just to tell people I saw it. My dad uh, rates a lot of movies based on how accurate the battle scenes are mm. so my dad is the exact same way <laughs> even if it could be the worst movie but if it if the battle scene uniforms are fairly accurate I'll give that give it the oscar he loves it
2: i remember talking to my dad about lord of the rings the two towers and he was like mm, their approach to siege warfare was a little ina- inaccurate <laughs> you're like, also, like shut up dude they also had wizards and <laughs> nazgul's riding dragons come on I mean, I'm glad he wasn't like uh, complaining that the ants didn't look accurate to Tolkien's writing or some other bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Or the horns were not in it or whatever those like more tree
0: like version of ants. Yeah. He you, lost yeah, his complaint. His complaint was, "Where was Tom
2: Bombadil <laughs> in the first movie? <laughs> like that doesn't even apply to the Two Towers, dude." <laughs> Here's
1: look. I can't. I couldn't accept any of the movies after I knew Tom wasn't showing up. Where were his delightful songs? Where yeah. was T Bomb? That's what I call Tom Bombadil. Mm-hmm, that's what Goldberry calls him. <laughs> I, I love Tom Bombadil is my favorite character because he doesn't give a shit about anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. he's all powerful. It's like that
0: famous uh, internet video, Tom Bombadil don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: (laughs) 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 And there's the part where they're like, well, Tom Bombadil could imagine Sauron didn't exist and he'd be gone. Why don't we just give him the ring? And they'd be like, eh, he'd probably forget it somewhere. (laughs) I love the idea of this like absent-minded, adorable god who just wanders around the woods.
2: (laughs) Oh, I like that almost as much as... Fans of Tom Bombadil explaining why uh, he couldn't just save the entire universe. Like, the people are like, well, you know, he only has control over this part of the woods. you (laughs) are like, come on, dude. (laughs) It's not too far off from the argument about why they don't just give the fucking eagles – the uh, give Gwaihir here and his buddies the ring and tell them to drop it off on their way by Mount Doom. Who
1: would give the Eagles the rings so that they can record more shitty rock
2: music? <laughs> <laughs> so they can create Wait a, a world where people like Smuggler's Cove. Wait, so are, so are you saying that if you give the members of the Eagles <laughs> like collectively like wrap it around them like a giant hula? No, do? no, they each get it one day of the week. They
1: have to share it. Like Joe a hockey Walsh trophy. wouldn't
2: give it up. No, that's true. He would just hold on to it. But. So wait, if you gave the Eagles the ring, it wouldn't just turn them invisible, it would give them additional powers, like if they're Sauron himself?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Because they tap into the evil of music <laughs> I don't like. Okay, wow. Even it, the one, even Hotel California, which is not a terrible song it's not a, song. it's not a good song. It's not a good song, but it's not the worst song. They then acousticized it and made it the worst song.
0: Yeah. The uh, Eagles.
1: Okay. <laughs> anyway. Let's talk this about the Beagles. Music cast. Let's talk about the Beagles, a what? band that doesn't
2: exist, but it does dog versions of Eagle songs. <laughs> the Beagle Boys. Such as Beagles. Hotel for
1: Dogs, California. <laughs>
2: that is a mashup t-shirt just waiting to fucking happen.
1: Okay, let's go back to this movie, Nine Lives. So it follows the track of a lot of movies, which is the story of a businessman who doesn't make enough time for his family, and so magical X, Y, and Z happens, and he learns to spend time with his family. In this case he uh Kevin Spacey plays Brand, who is
2: a Tom, Tom Brand
1: Tom Brand, we decided to take a break from the politics He's of not the day Brand
2: the older brother from the fucking goonies. <laughs> <laughs> good
1: point. So we decided, hey, let's take a break from the politics of the day and this presidential election we're not crazy about. and let's watch a movie about oh. A rich businessman who's trying to build the tallest building and he has a complicated relationship with his son. Oh, man. There's (laughs) no way to escape it. Oh, man. But anyway, and he puts his name on everything. So he plays Brand, Tom Brand, mm-hmm. who's a big businessman. What does his business do? A little bit of everything. But right now what it's doing is building the tallest building in the Northern Hemisphere.
2: We're introduced to him as he jumps out of a plane while talking to his son, played by Robbie Amol. Now, this the movie opens with a
1: swooshing camera movement, which literally goes... From cat, we talked He has a voiceover about how cats are shitty. Nobody likes cats.
2: They. We get to watch some YouTube videos of cats, and we're like, "Oh, that's great!" Uh And then this is a fun thing I like to do. We see
1: cats playing with New York in the background. The camera zooms over the entire river, under the Brooklyn Bridge, or over it, straight up to a plane, into the plane where Tom Brand is about to jump out as a promotional stunt. And to be honest, I got to I got to applaud the audacity of a camera move that huge and that stupid it's all done with cgi it's not like you're really going
2: out on limb here elliot what sticking up for this camera move look
1: I like crazy camera moves sometimes. And the when the movie started, we are in, the camera zooms all the way across into the city. Then it we're introduced to a guy who then jumps out of an airplane to land on the top of his own building to talk about how he's going to make the tallest building. <clears throat> and this company in Chicago that's trying to make a taller building, forget about it. And everything looks super CGI, super green screen. And I was like, you know what? If they can keep up this style of forced, over-the-top artificiality throughout... At least it's going to be like
0: a fun looking movie. Yeah, it's going to be a real live action cartoon of a film. Alas, it did not so live up to that. So, Chicago's
2: trying to beat New York again. And they're not what going to win. What do they think? It's the fucking World's Fair in Chicago all <laughs> well, over again? I mean, well, the Chicago, I mean, the Columbian Exposition. Yeah, yeah. Because that yeah. was
1: before the New York World's Fairs. That was 1893. The <laughs> New York World's Fairs were in 1939 and 1964.
2: But well, which way? Which one was better, and which one had more murders?
1: Well, more. There were way more murders at the '93 Columbian Exposition, as as explained in Eric Larson's "The Devil in the White City," mm-hmm. and uh, not the creator, artist. not the creator of the, <laughs> the Savage, Savage Dragon, Dragon, Eric Larson, <laughs> and not the Eric Larson who was an animator for Disney, roughly around the time of Robin Hood. Uh not Robin Hood, the actual person, but the movie Robin Hood from Disney. <laughs> the <laughs> Prince of Thieves. Yeah, no, not Prince of Thieves. The cartoon with the fox that all the girls had a crush on and they became mm. furries when they grow up. But Robin anyway. Hood
2: was the Prince of Thieves. <laughs> yes. So you're partially right. He was
1: yeah. not the Prince of Thebes. No. Which was a different
2: guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? Theseus? Uh or was it was where Oedipus was it? Was he in Thebes? I don't know. Dan. Who was in Thebes? <laughs> uh,
0: just a bunch of dudes. <laughs>
1: You're right, a bunch of dudes. Just, just a, a bunch, bunch of, of dudes. Like, anyway, dudes. the 39 yeah. World's Fair did have a couple of killings. Mm-hmm. The 64, as far as I know, had nothing. But the 64 was... <laughs> losers. The 64 lacked the audacity of vision of the 39 and the 93. Mm-hmm. The 39, of course, is my favorite of all time. Truly the world of tomorrow. The 93... The White City, also beautiful. The Sixty Four is kind of more like an amusement park than anything okay. else. It did introduce Disney's animatronics with their Meet Mr. Lincoln attraction, mm-hmm. which is now the Hall of Presidents.
2: Okay, was that like uh, like one of them Chuck E. Cheese's? <laughs> yes, it was a proto Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> okay. Now imagine alternate world where instead of. Uh,
1: Nolan Bushnell using a robot mouse for the, his Chuck E. Cheese franchise. Because it was Nolan Bushnell, right? From Atari. Jeez, he started I Chuck don't e. Cheese. know. Why are
0: you looking <laughs> at me like that? Guy?
1: Instead, Walt Disney started a pizza family restaurant that was called A.B. Link's Pizza. And it's Abraham Lincoln Gonna serving have to pizza. Take that,
0: take that name back out of the drawing board, I think. <laughs> I, don't, I, I like that it was called Meet Mr. Lincoln. Like, it was just like the animatronic was just a Mr. Lincoln who was like, he had to, like, sign autographs and <laughs> yeah. pose for pictures. And for some reason, the robot was really, like, annoyed about he'd be it. Like, like, he'd be oh, like all right, can
1: I get a picture with you, Mr. President?
0: Ten bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Beep, boop,
1: four score and ten bucks, please. Oh, wow. Actually, that would be a lot of money. That would be, like,
2: 90 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And mm. it's just, what, for the rest of that quote? What are you giving him ten bucks <laughs> no, for? No, to take
1: a picture with him. Oh, uh,
2: Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's for that cliffhanger to be resolved. Yeah, 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 it's like just a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like
1: putting money in on a long distance call for scoring ten dollars to continue. <laughs> okay, here's ten dollars. Was- Seven years ago, our ten dollars. <laughs> oh man, it's a short speech, but it's going to cost
2: me so much. Now I think I want to. Che- <laughs> I think I want to check the tape because I think Elliot just said uh, "long discants instead of "long distance." Uh, All right, so- readers. Readers, write in. Yeah,
1: <laughs> right Readers
0: in. of the transcript. <laughs> let oh, us know.
1: Right Anyone who's looking at the closed captioning, <laughs> let us know. So uh, he's obsessed with building the tallest building in the world. It's putting his control of his company on the line because the board of directors don't like it. And to be fair, the board of directors have a very strong case in that their company seems to be suffering under his obsession with building the tallest building in North America. Yeah. His son is trying to support him, and meanwhile, his vice president or second-in-command or whatever, Ian, Mm -hmm. is trying to undermine him. But all this construction talk, well, one, it points out that this is one of many children's films in which the creators of the film seem to be under the belief that kids love to watch corporate intrigue and doings, that, like, kids have any understanding of what it means to lose control of a corporation – Or interest, to be
2: honest. Well, maybe this is some of the stuff that they slip into the movie for the adults to keep the adults interested. Yeah, because adults
0: are very interested in the idea that someone has a
2: (laughs) controlling
1: stock share of a company. But all this business is keeping away from his daughter. Now,
2: he has... Two, possibly three children, Kevin Spacey. <laughs> yeah.
1: He has his son, who is a grown man who works at his company.
2: Robbie Amell, one half of Firestorm briefly on CW's The Flash. Uh, I think, Yeah, it was just on The Flash TV show. Now, the, the other half being Victor Garber, of course.
1: Now, the ex-wife, his ex-wife Cheryl Hines has a daughter. It is never quite explained whether this is his daughter or and not.
2: we've talked about how Cheryl Hines is basically a professional ex-wife on TV and movie shows. Have we right? talked about that? I don't know, but that seems to be your job. Like Judy Greer and her are in going out for the same roles, I imagine. Uh,
1: possibly, except they're very different. I think. Well, I've said it before.
2: Judy Greer is the version of that
0: role that's sympathetic.
1: Judy Greer has been so mistreated by Hollywood. She should be like the star of romantic comedies, mm-hmm. and instead, she's always like. And by
0: life, she should be my wife.
2: Wow, this is an odd place to do a proposal.
0: Judy Greer, if you're <laughs> out there. Look me up.
1: Any Greer. You'd take Pam Greer for short.
0: Mm-hmm. She's beautiful. I'd take Greer Garson. I don't even know who and that she's is. She's dead. She's been dead for
1: years. <laughs> Academy Award winner, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> she's long dead, but you'll take her. Yeah. You'll just t- You'll just take that sound. It's <laughs> like a sexy cat. Is there any other kind? Yes. And it's in this movie. So anyway... Uh, what his? Do- but he also has. He's married to Jennifer Garner, and they have a young daughter. That daughter wants a cat more than anything else for her birthday. But Kevin Spacey hates cats. He doesn't want to buy her a damn cat. And he can buy
2: anything in the
1: world. He could buy her the rights to Garfield. He's so rich. He, and say, here's your cat. It's beloved by millions every day. He he could- feed it a lasagna. There you go.
2: <laughs> he could certainly buy Jim Davis. At the for very least, he could buy while. the rights to Heathcliff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's super cheap. Oh, crazy cat! Although whoever makes Heathcliff is some kind of mad genius who keeps <laughs> turning in the strangest crap.
1: Mm-hmm. I uh, just it was a, there's the part in the back of in the end of a lot of Heathcliffs where they're like where they're like Nancy Grew from Kalamazoo, Michigan has a cat that likes to watch TV while eating crackers. Yeah. And it, it took me a long time to start thinking. Wait a minute, I don't think these are real people with real
2: cats. Mm. These might just be made up cats. I uh, was that a, it was your loss of innocence, yeah, because you were <laughs> masturbating in that, front of your parents. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, what
2: was I doing? Why? That? I don't know. That, that was... really
1: sounds like it was more my parents' loss of innocence at that point. <laughs> that I just walked out, stroking it, going, Check this out. I'm doing this. I'm a big hey, boy now. Hey, do you guys know about this? Have you heard of this? <laughs> Have you seen this? <laughs> it's pretty it great. It's great. Do you guys do this? <laughs> how, comes get, no, how come no one's talking about this? <laughs> you haven't done it? You
0: should try this. <laughs> this is
1: amazing. Oh boy, I gotta get, I gotta talk about this it's School. i'm to
0: patent this thing
1: <laughs> i'm like the guy who discovered fire like this is amazing this is crazy
0: <laughs> it's crazy it's amazing it's other aerosmith songs <laughs> yeah
1: crying <laughs> sweet emotions <laughs> janey's got a gun i got this <laughs> anyway so uh he he says fine i'll buy her a cat and due to a mix-up with his phone He ends up being directed to a kind of a magical cat
2: place called
1: Mm -hmm. a real Mister
0: Megorium's Wonder Emporium. It's
1: Mister (laughs) Felinorium's Cat Emporium. It's the
2: kind of cool, characterful uh, store you could find in New York before Giuliani.
1: (laughs) Before Giuliani ran out all the magic cat stores.
2: (laughs) Now this was the moment when he's about to go to Perkins, where I'm like,
1: wait a minute. Christopher Walken's in this movie.
2: Why are He's, you saying the name of the restaurant Perkins weird?
1: <laughs> you no, know, it's not the restaurant Perkins. It's Perkins, P-U-R-R-K-I-N-S, which is, I assume, named after the cat version of Anthony Perkins. How many
2: how many people do you think go there and they're like, I can't wait to eat their chicken fried steak, and then get there and they're like, there's just cats here. The owner of the store I'll have Chicken
0: Fried Cat.
1: Now, This is the moment where I was like, oh, Christopher Walken's in this movie. He's either going to be the crazy, mystical owner of this magic store, or he's the voice of the street smart cat who's going to teach Kevin Spacey the business once Kevin Spacey becomes a cat. No, he's the mystical owner of the toys of the cat store, basically playing the same role he played in that Adam Sandler movie where he has the magic remote.
2: so wait, but the so the other version is the one that destroys model scale models of country bears uh, arenas, right? <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or or is always mad as money getting
1: stolen by kangaroo jacks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'll say this for Christopher Walken. He brings a sense of delight and fun to his role of magic cat store owner in this otherwise pretty lifeless movie. Uh, so he says, hey, I've got some. You don't find a cat. A cat finds you. Here's a Say cat. Say like Christopher Walken. You don't find a cat. A cat finds you. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Period. <coughs> End quote. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so he runs a magic cat shop filled with a ton of cats.
1: There's three of every kind of cat.
2: Mm-hmm. Which. Just like they never Noah's really cat explained.
1: Well, it's kind of a thematic thing because later on there's a thing about a song called Three Cool Cats. Mm. Uh, now. He goes, okay, I'll take this cat. I'll take this bowl. It says Mr. Fuzzy Pants on it. I guess that's the name. Of my, I guess that's my cat's slave name that I'm just gonna <laughs> thrust on it. He he's known at, in his among his people. He is Whiskers Clawbringer, but now he is Mr. Fuzzy Pants. Yeah,
2: it's that kind of innocuous choice you might make in a role playing game, uh, only to find out later on that, that will dictate the entire path of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're gonna
1: be playing like Mr. You, Fuzzy
0: Pants for ten years. Like you come up with a stupid name like Lucian <laughs> Buttwatcher, <laughs> and you're like, that seemed funny in the moment but overall, uh, maybe I should have chosen something else. Yeah, or
1: you come up with a great name like Jeremy Scales Fang Battle and you're happy about it every day of your life. <laughs> so, he, uh, he gets Two a...
0: Two paths of a forest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a yellow wood. Oh, sorry. And I, I took the road less traveled by and less I got lost. Butt. Please, save me. <laughs> Someone save me. I'm, I'm lost in the woods. I see why nobody takes this path. <laughs> That's from Robert died of Frost. <laughs> Oh boy, Oof. sad, really. I mean, he did die eventually.
2: A <laughs> frost, <don't laughs> not Not a frost,
1: but uh, so he gets this cat, <laughs> and then he's racing to the. He's racing to get to his daughter's birthday. Uh oh, Ian, his second-in-command, command calls him. They've got to meet now at the top of their new building. He rushes there, cat in hand, and because
2: yeah, he doesn't <coughs> want to leave the cat in his sports car,
1: only to be told, yeah, because someone might steal it. Only yeah. to be told. I mean, you shouldn't leave a cat in a closed
2: car. Yeah, but you know, like he doesn't like cats. It is kind of weird that he takes it with him. Yeah,
0: uh, maybe he wants those, to show the cat
2: where he works. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, like the, it's like a moment of male dominance. Nespresso,
0: here's the Nespresso machine, cat. Wait, this, what is
2: that coffee? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, who's the stand? There's a stand-up who has a joke about. I mean, a long time ago, a stand-up who had a joke about the only time his cat has ever left the apartment is to go to the vet and get a thermometer put up his butt. And he realizes his cat sees him leave the leave the apartment every day. Is that where his cat thinks he's going? (laughs) And I don't remember who the. Please write in if you remember what comic that is, or if you
0: are that comic,
1: or if you are that comedian, write in and tell. And no, I just like that. I didn't take credit for it. Mm -hmm. I like that joke. I love to give proper credit for it. I'm not the fat Jew. I'm a very skinny Jew. I give credit for jokes that I've stolen. Anyway,
0: he goes to the. I really thought you were going to say I give credit where credit is due. Which I'm oh, happy you didn't that would, so <laughs> that would have
1: been so much better. That would have been so much better. He goes up to the top. A, a storm begins. And Ian's telling him, hey, look, the company can't is not going to build these buildings anymore. I'm going to fight you for control of the company, blah, blah, blah. It starts to rain, lightning. He gets knocked off the building, Kevin Spacey. And Ian chooses a moment. There's a moment, there's a moment
2: where he's like, save me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't offer to r- r- not fire him. Which yeah. I think was a mis- That's a tactical error. No, he did error. say, "I think you're fired," right? Yeah. 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 He says you're fired
1: Ugh, again, Trump. He says it says you're fired, and he gets knocked off the roof. And the guy says, "You know, he's about to save him, I guess, because Kevin Spacey's seen things you couldn't imagine. And beams uh, glittering I mean, off whatever." <laughs> and attack that's ships that moment on of fire. fantasy,
2: you know, that we all go through, where like we're presented with that moment where the boss that fired us is dangling from the top of a building. And we can be like, we got the power now, boss. Mm-hmm. Like, you shouldn't have fired me from that brickwork job I had. Mm-hmm. I could have been the best mason's assistant you ever seen <laughs> in seems this seems town. Very specific. Yeah, this okay. seems like it's, it's like basically like, on a have, real experience. I could have shoveled sand into that thing and made <laughs> masonry junk <laughs> I to you I'm beginning see wanted.
1: why you're a bad mason's you know, I'm seeing assistant. why you were, I think I would have Stewart. fired you too. I'm, can I fire you now from this job?
2: Uh, sorry, guys. I'm just working through some stuff, you know. I just got back from the Midwest and like it was kind of a homecoming, but not really. Oh, wow, real Elizabethtown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not far from Elizabethtown, right? And I met this girl named Kirsten Dunst, and she was, like, <laughs> was, and she name, was all like, Kirsten Did you Dunst? like my performance in Melancholia? And I was like, Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh were you in Spider-Man? And she's like, "Nadoi," and I'm like, okay, weird. Chill out. <laughs> Uh, and, then and then I what happened? Back. Tell me more <laughs> about your adventure with Kristen Dunst Okay, well I guess we'll have to yes so in Kristen this situation Dunst? Is she uh, Kirsten or Kristen? She's Kirsten Ugh, I was wrong Kristen Dunst is a completely different actress Oh, and then there's Kristen Dunst and checks in <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who is an orangutan. Do you think that <laughs> Dunstan Jackson gets referenced more on movie podcasts or in real life?
1: Uh, I'm going to say movie <laughs> podcasts.
2: <laughs> it is very rare that someone goes,
0: oh, we're in a real Dunstan Checks In <laughs>
1: situation. It gets referenced
0: a surprising amount at the Daily Show, I'll say. And really? it never gets put into scripts because we're like.
1: Um, it does not surprise
2: there's me. There's
0: a lot of discussion. It's like, do we think Trevor knows Dunstan Checks In? Is that a South African? Reference that he would, <laughs> no, I don't think so. So, now is
2: that the one where Joey uh, Joey that's not his <laughs> yeah, that's the character he played? Matt LeBlanc plays baseball.
1: No, in Ed that's Monster? Ed, <laughs> that's Ed Dunstan. Checks in, I think, has uh, Jason, Jason Alexander. Alexander is in it. It's set in a hotel, hence the checks in of the title. And it's uh,
0: uh what's her face, uh, who and who was in American Beauty later, Mina but, Suvari. No, the other one.
1: Oh, uh... Thor Birch. Yeah, Thor Birch. Thor Birch, Yeah. yeah, from
2: Ghost World. Now,
1: not to be confused with the movie where Rene Russo has a pet gorilla... Which I don't remember the name of. Mm-hmm. It was like mm-hmm. George or something
2: like what that. What about the movie where Whoopi Goldberg is a cop and her partner is a dinosaur? That's Theodore Rex, <laughs> which, what's which the is movie? also the name of a. a
1: bi- it's also the biography of Teddy Roosevelt, the second <laughs> in Edmund Morrison's, Ed, Morrison's Edmund Morrison's brilliant trilogy.
0: Which is the movie where there's a uh, a great ape that lusts after Elizabeth Shoe. That's uh, is that Mighty Joe Young Vegas. the remake? <laughs> no. All right. Boom! Boom. Yeah. Done. Oscar-winning performance. Done. All right. Tangent oh, no. over. It was
1: Charlize Theron who was in the remake of Mighty, Mighty Joe Young, yeah. right?
0: I'm thinking of a, a Richard Franklin movie.
1: Who's Richard Franklin?
0: He made uh, Psycho Two and Road Games. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Anyway, so it, we were at the most exciting part of the movie. Kevin Spacey is dangling for his very life. Mm-hmm. He slips, falls. He has the cat in his hand. Ah. And... He's in a coma. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. But he can see it all happening. He's in the body of the cat. Oh, no! Hijinks ensue. Incorrect. Hijinks, uh, they continue to not ensue. It's like the movie, it keeps setting up scenarios in which the cat can do funny things and does not pay them off, and the cat just does cat things. Mm-hmm. Long story, he goes home. He manages to drown his sorrows in some 50-year-old McAllen.
0: Yeah, Uh, he tips into the ashtray and licks it up cat style. Mm
1: -hmm. He tries to (laughs) use a pen to write a note explaining that to his family. He's been taken back to his family's apartment. And his family, his wife and his daughter, are taking the fact that he's in a life-threatening coma pretty well. He
2: was a bad dad, developer dad.
1: That's true, but like, they never cry. Like, there's one part where the daughter's like, Mom, can I sleep in your bed tonight? She goes, okay. But like,
2: they seem to be going through the
1: motions. It's like, it. Is that the supposed to the thing I'm supposed to do I mean, if my dad's so in a coma? I mean, or, is this like a I choose it's your own adventure was,
2: Barry Sonnenfeld movie where you're like, if I was Barry Sonnenfeld, I'd make them cry in every scene but, and well, their fucking if garments. If they're
1: dealing they're dealing with a they, like someone they love is in serious is this, like I've had family members I've had a family member in a coma. It was terrible. Like everyone was shaken, but they're like Oh, this is really inconvenient that dad's in a coma. I think this
0: is supposed to be a bit of an indication of like how estranged he is from the family. Like, you know, Jennifer Garner was thinking about leaving him secretly. The daughter was also thinking about leaving him. The the daughter doesn't see him a lot, but also like she's being shielded from how serious it is. Like she thinks like, I guess. What what about his son? His son, yeah, his son probably should be a little more upset.
1: I mean, he throws himself into work. They all just kind of, like, take it in stride. I mean, the thing is that it made it feel to me like they were heartless in addition to his being heartless. Yeah, Yeah. where
2: do you think they learned it, dude? Good point.
1: Yeah, from watching you, Dad. Mm -hmm. I learned it from watching you. Adults who do drugs... Have kids who do
2: drugs. Speaking of which, this is a movie about cats and a bad dad, and yet Cats in the Cradle never shows up a single time. Not played. There was a point where I'm a record, it was too expensive.
1: A, a record is being put on record player, <laughs> and I, one of you guys was like, "It better not be Cats in the Cradle." <laughs> uh, so now he's a cat, which I mean, according to the Aristocats, would be great because everybody wants to be a cat. I don't though. Neither does Kevin Spacey, and he's got to learn You'd how be to allergic
0: learn. to yourself.
1: Yeah, be, that would be the worst.
0: Yeah. Ugh, that'd be terrible. It's like a weird Twilight Zone. Yeah, a real X file.
1: Yeah. You say like, X file Yeah.
0: So there's a, <laughs> a non non technology based black mirror. So So we're introducing It's the, just called regular mirror. Yeah. <laughs>
2: We're introduced to this cat, and at first we're like, man, that's a really cute, fuzzy cat. And then they start uh, doing a lot of physical comedy that involves a CGI version of that cat. A
0: very CGI cat. And I love cats, and this cat started to annoy me a lot. I was like, if I had this cat. The real one or the CGI cat? The CGI cat. Yeah,
2: no shit. It's a
0: CGI cat. It's garbage. But it was also being a dick of a cat. It was you like You
2: like, kept destroying that picture of George George W. <laughs> well, Bush, and you're to, like, no. There's a
1: picture of America's hero. <laughs> there's a picture of Kevin Spacey hanging out with George W. Bush, and it, it it filled the niche that in 80s movies, if you saw someone in an office and they had a picture of Ronald Reagan on their desk, you'd be like, oh, that's the bad guy. He's heartless and he only cares about money. Mm-hmm. And looking back now, I just took it for granted as a kid. If you saw a picture of Ronald Reagan in someone's office, that's the villain because it always was. Looking back now, I'm like he was president at the time. Like that's, yeah. that's crazy. But like, this is liberal Hollywood. At work. Yeah. But George W. Bush, it's the same shorthand. Like, Oh, of course he's a guy who only cares about money. There's a picture of him with George W. Bush. He, there's a couple jokes in a row where he accidentally does more damage to his picture of him with George W. Bush. And it was like, this was kind of funny. Those were kind of funny. There were a couple moments that were kind of funny. Cause it was like, Oh yeah, that's mo- that's like a joke or like, that's most of the way to the joke. But he's to make a long story short so it's not a shaggy cat story. Uh, Kevin Spacey has to learn how to like be a good cat and become part of this family and show them the love he didn't show them as a human. And there are a number of sequences, one where dogs are chasing him in the apartment, one where he has to sneak into a building because Ian meanwhile is trying to take control of the company away from his son who has come up with a way that they can beat Chicago at the tallest building game. There are all these scenes (sighs) that are like demanding the cat do funny things. And they just don't. He just doesn't do. He just kind of walks into rooms or sneaks around, or the dogs chase him, and they just kind of run through hallways. There's no jokes.
2: I don't know. There's there's a couple of really good scenes where they <laughs> uh, they're inter- like the humans are interacting, and then it will cut to the cat as if they're like. Now the cat is being contemplative or like really thinking hard and it's crazy because it's just the face of a cat.
1: It's just zooming in on a cat's face and and the the cat is not acting. The cat's clearly
2: thinking like, I'm so high on whatever kind of drugs they gave Mr. Ed.
1: (laughs) No, the cat is thinking...
2: I'm gonna keep staring at
1: the laser pointer that is point that is being held steady right off camera, so that I look in the same direction <laughs> that I'm supposed to. And Christopher Walken gets called in. They find uh, the cat rips his ad out of the yellow pages to show it to him. The cat uh, is you hear about the yellow pages, huh? Uh yes. What, did it get that from a museum or something? <laughs> uh, speaking as someone who is, for some reason, always having phone books tossed in front of his door without asking for them. Those still exist, I guess.
0: <laughs> you Assume that a bunch of them were printed up 20 years ago and they're still just trying to get rid of them. Yeah,
2: yeah. You, You're not waiting out front saying, I'm an old person. No, no. There's a listing in here for Andrew Rooney. He died years ago. <laughs> what this oh
1: all the, well, I'm not gonna tell that joke I guess but I was gonna, there's a whole page of numbers for the offices at the World Trade Center <laughs> <laughs> this phone book is out of date uh so I did tell the joke in the end but uh, he's every way he can find to try to communicate that he's actually their husband slash father Tom he uses the magnets on the refrigerator he spells out his name as yarn and yarn and finally he rips out the ad from the yellow pages and it's for Mr. Perkins, Christopher Walken, a mm. cat whisperer, and they bring him in. He's the only guy who understands Kevin Spacey can talk to him, and he says, you've got to figure out how you got into this mess, and you've got to be a good cat, and you're going to – and at one point, he says, "He's like, you're going to have to be a good cat, and he's like, I'm not going to do it. I hate cats, blah, 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 and he, and he goes, um – Ma'am, I've noticed this cat hasn't been fixed, and Kevin Spacey is like, "I'll be good," and it's like, "Oh, okay, guys, so in this kid's movie, the main character was just threatened with castration." Okay, like that. Well, and
0: yeah, his motivating uh, characteristic is like, "I don't want to not have a dick." <laughs>
1: <laughs> i mean it's a basic human drive
0: no sure although like even
1: among women it's called penis envy if i Freud mean invented that he was wrong but as a cat i i couldn't help but like <laughs> as a cat i was offended by this <laughs> my life has never been better since i was fixed i can do whatever i want with no consequences <laughs> yeah. i don't have a litter of chasing me around
0: that i know of well, that's the thing like i guess it's yeah it's just that First of all, I guess I misspoke. It was just his testicles that would be taken. That's from true.
1: Him. He actually, I shouldn't have said castrated. Yeah. Uh,
0: but secondly, like testiculated. You have to draw this line of thinking out further and think like, all right. So Kevin Spacey, I guess, is assuming that he's not going to get back into his own body if he cares that much about these cat's testicles. <laughs> And then, like, is he like thinking about the future? Is he gonna? Is he thinking about like when he's gonna want to fuck a lady cat? But, and he uh, to those that's absolutely what he's
2: thinking when he gets back. Because unlike unlo- when, uh when his, I guess, at this point, is she considered his ex-wife or still his wife at this point? Who Jennifer he, Garner? Yeah, when he's turned into a cat, oh, they're
1: still. As far as they know, he's in a coma. They're still married. So I mean, he, this cat, cat man marriage, is still you know, married. Slippery daughter. slope. Now, so his his
2: wife. It pours it's- out some cat food for him, and he is disgusted. So it would if using that log logic, you would assume that he would also be disgusted at the possibility of having sex with a female cat.
1: Hey, if you're that desperate, I don't know. It's like being in jail, you know, you find new things or being a pirate. You know, you didn't you didn't think you'd be attracted to a hole in a you didn't think you'd be attracted, to, yeah, a you a, you you'd be attracted to a hole in a barrel, but soon you're sticking your penis in it because it's e- all there is. That explains a lot about the fourth Pirates of the Caribbean movie. <laughs> now, look, uh, you 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 see a manatee now, and you're like, ew, gross, because you see human women all the time. When you're
2: out, <laughs> out with Blackbeard's crew, you see a manatee, you're like, it's the same vague shape as a person. And the thing is, dude, back in that day, like that was what was attractive in a lady. Yeah. Yeah, that's why <laughs> that she had a tail and could eat seaweed well
1: mermaids had tails too well dude. that's where the mermaids came from because they looked at manatees with their eye patch goggles and they saw them as beautiful women
2: yeah but i mean at the time a woman with uh, a healthy upper lip <laughs> and kind of a grayish cast to her
1: skin was what was popular oh yeah well that meant you were rich because you never saw the sun you could stay inside all day mm-hmm. and that upper lip meant that you had a mustache <laughs> Now, uh, it's Dan, it's interesting that you mentioned human cat marriage because mm-hmm. what this movie reminded me of more than anything else was a short story called My Father the Cat by Henry Sleazar. That it's I first.
0: Gerard Depardieu.
1: Yeah. That I first. And Catherine <laughs> Heigl in a bathing suit as a 14 year old. But uh, with, that I first encountered in a book called 101 Creepy Little Creature Stories. That as a kid was. A, that and a short story book called Cosmic Creatures, I think, were two big building blocks for my interest in fantastic fiction and weird fiction, you might say. And it's this story about... That most led st- you
2: right to Gunter Grass and oh, yeah. Salman Rushdie. It was right
1: from that to the tin drum and uh, the ground beneath her feet. <laughs> but no, that came out when I was older. Uh, it's a book, It's most of the stories in the book were like your basic horror stories where it was like, they say this part of the jungle has a monster. Eh, that's crazy. Q monster kills somebody. That's the end of the story. This was about a guy who is the son of a cat, a male cat and a human woman, and they raise—and the cat is very cultured, and they raise him in this kind of cultured uh, either English or French countryside. I think it's the French. And he goes off into the world. He meets another—he meets a girl, and he falls in love, and he takes her home, and he's not sure how to broach the fact that his dad is a cat, and his dad, sensing this, pretends to be just a regular cat, and— allows the woman to allows this fiance to pet him and treat and and he instead of eating at the table like he normally would eats out of a dish on the floor. And the son is so heartbroken that his dad is having to demean himself in order to not scare away the woman that his son loves. And it's like I found it to be a really touching story. And for somehow this movie reminded me of that story and I was like, oh So it is possible to find emotion in a story about a talking cat. Mm -hmm. But this movie didn't manage to do it. Anyway. There
0: was a funeral outside. And the cat goes, and now I'm the king of the cats. And he shoots up the chimney. (laughs) No, what? (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Anyway,
1: to get back to Nine Lives. I apologize. That was a tangent on my part. Uh, To get back to Nine Lives, yes, he wants to have sex with a cat. His big worry, of course, is that, the same worry any cat has, that paint will fall on his back and a skunk will try to rape him. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's a danger cats live with every day. Yeah, yeah. it's not funny, guys. We shouldn't laugh at (laughs) it. No, it's not funny at all. The same way that when you see a movie where the bad guy at the end is raped by a gorilla, that is not funny sorry trading places the punishment
0: did not fit the crime <laughs> <laughs> the, pun- the crime being uh, some sort of orange futures fraud <laughs> yeah
1: like oh I well the, the crime was I tried to push Dan Aykroyd out of this uh, out of this company like that didn't call for him to be violated by an animal come on mm-hmm. come on. Come on! And yeah, also, while Al
0: Franken watches, <clears throat>
1: <laughs> and and uh, Tom Davis, right? Was it both Franken and, and Davis? I don't remember. I think it's Frank. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not Franken and Davis.
2: And the whole Pepe Le Pew thing clearly inspired an entire generation of beta males to just follow women around until they eventually give in. Is that uh-huh. what a beta male is? I don't know. I mean, I've never heard that term before. Is <laughs> sort that a real of
0: straight thing? line from Pepe Le Pew to GamerGate, guys?
2: Yeah. I don't know that much about internet I stuff. I feel like dude. that's
1: that could be your doctoral thesis from Pepe Lupita Gamergate. <laughs> a, a half century of male misogyny. <laughs> yeah. A half century of 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 hostile privilege.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so, a lot of this uh, Tom the cat trying to build a relationship. Oh, I just getting out. Oh, trying to build a relationship with his wife and daughter. So, uh, we start we realize a symbolic thing is a video his daughter loves to watch. Of he and her dancing together when she was young to a song called Three Cool Cats. And I mean, he's kids like kids
2: like to watch that shit.
1: Uh I mean kids like I, to watch videos. I guess is that but the moment where nostalgic? you're
0: nostalgic? Like, I don't feel like kids are like I mean, like nostalgia is like this desire for a simpler time earlier in their life. I guess so,
1: I but kids like to see videos and pictures of
2: themselves when they were younger. All
0: right. So even like, when I they're like so. a like a
2: she was like a preteen, right? Like was she old enough she to be 11. like okay. she was a twin in the movie. She's tween. Okay, so she's probably not at the point where she's like, I hate myself and everything and my dad and this cat. No,
1: but it was the one moment where I was like, oh, okay, she's dealing with – she's somehow trying to cope with the fact that he oh, might be leaving her
2: sense. and
1: dying. Is that – he's, she's watching these videos of happier times. I'm just
2: trying to figure out why she's watching this stupid video. And
1: Kevin Spacey, the cat, is like, oh, you know what? I'll play with her and be a good cat. And – he's become he's like you know what I turn over a new leaf I'm going to be a good cat I'm nice to everybody there's a weird scene where he's watching Jennifer Garner get undressed and thinking
2: about how beautiful she is That's and she snuggles up with That's not weird at all I mean I feel like if any of us were turned it's into if we, we were if you were turned into a cat are you telling me that you would not stalk your wife around and watch her at her most intimate moments <laughs> I mean I
1: Right, I mean now I like to watch Run. Come on, answer
0: the question, sir.
1: <laughs> You're right. If you I was would a cat, like, I, I would <laughs> become a voyeur. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you would use your ability to go into the bathroom while your wife takes a poop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. I need you to answer honestly. i switch sides on this. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, that really that was the that was the Comey letter of I'm, cat I'm cat stories.
0: <laughs> really,
1: really swayed the vote on that one. <laughs> Now, uh, now
0: I think Stuart's a monster Now
1: what I like is you mentioned it was one of my One of my cat abilities To walk through a certain So is that a superpower cats have?
2: Yeah 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 if you hit the L bumper You turn into a specter for a little while Who can You enter can't a bathroom. take damage
1: You <laughs> can't take damage So he becomes a good cat Unfortunately, mm. he's running out of time both because his company is being taken away from his son and cuz his male his human male, his human body is dying. And so <laughs> there's only there's only one thing left to do because the opening Dance. <laughs> you know, Oh shit. I mean it does is uh <clears throat> because the uh the opening of the building is coming soon and Ian, the evil vice president of the company is gonna, is stealing control. He's already fired Tom's son somehow even though Tom has a Document somewhere yeah, that he has Tom to find. Yeah, has a
0: document showing that he has fifty-one percent of the company, just like his dad did. That like it passes to him, but somehow that doesn't matter. Like he has goons remove him from the building yeah. and he's fired. Uh, meanwhile. The girl,
1: the daughter takes the cat back to Mr. Perkins. She's like, I want to return this cat. And he goes, are you sure you want it's to? defective. This cat's defective. I want to return the unused portion <laughs> for a partial <laughs> refund. And uh,
0: You can just get store credit.
1: And Christopher Walken says, let me put on a song. And I'm going to walk out of the room. He puts on the Three Cool Cats record, mm-hmm. and she dances with the cat, mostly in slow-mo. And it's there's a lot of shots from her point of view looking down. So you have a CGI cat looking up at you, kind of. Lovingly as it dances with you, and it's Mm -hmm. super creepy.
2: Yeah. Do you think the director went into the VFX booth and was like, No, no, no. I wanted to look more excited
0: to be dancing. (laughs) Yeah. I wanted to look like there's this, (laughs) I want a weird, like, Almost sexual tension between this cat and this small girl. Could I get that? Who is, who is the cat's daughter? Yeah. Is that possible? It was
2: very weird. Yeah, it's animal magnetism, dude. You can't control it. Literally. Now, as somebody who's worked retail for a long time, <laughs> I wish I had seen this movie so that when people tried to fucking return shit... Like when I was working at Radio Shack. You just put on a record, walk out of the room. Oh my God, when I was working at Radio Shack, (laughs) fucking people would bring back their shitty landline phones they bought, and I'm like, why did you buy this, dude? I know it's going to be garbage. You bought a landline phone at Radio Shack that didn't sway him if only I could have just popped a fucking little record that didn't sway him what
1: were you thinking <laughs> dude <laughs> can I return this that was a stupid thing to buy moron get if out of here I slap
2: a little fucking seven inch on a turntable <laughs> And just be like, I'll be in back behind the beaded curtain at this Radio Shack.
1: <laughs> and then you dance along in your own Christopher walken way. In the
0: adult section of this Radio Shack. Because
1: like, <laughs> they sell, what, fleshlights?
0: <laughs> they, they I mean, that is
2: a market transi- that would have saved their company. They <laughs> yeah, sell so transistors
0: that look like boobs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if yeah. <laughs> Uh, that, so what I'm saying is if I had <laughs> have learned that, I probably would have been more successful at my radio show. <clears throat>
1: so she runs, she says, no, I don't want to return this cat, but they're running out of time. And at this point, she believes this cat is her dad and she's got to get it back to her dad's body. So she's rushing to the hospital. Meanwhile, the dad's body is dying and the building is being announced. And the son, he's going up to the building for what he says will be his first and last jump. And now the movie opened with Kevin Spacey jumping out of an airplane with a parachute and he asks his son, want to do this? And the son's like, nah, I don't if want I'm to. Not, I'm a little baby. I, I'm too scared. Oh, I can't do what George H.W. Bush does all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Jump out of aeroplanes. Oh, what is this? Uh, high flying hair? <laughs> oh, no, high flying hair wasn't, uh, oh, that wasn't God. a plane one, was it? I don't know, man. Was that the one where he jumps, he's in this. he jumps off of the, uh, no, or is it, that's high dive hair I'm thinking of. What's the one where he's in the plane and the gremlin attacks the plane? Oh, that's
2: fucking Twilight Zone the movie.
0: Dude. <coughs> no, it's also a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Is that a Bugs Bunny cartoon and not? A, this is a Private Snafu.
1: It's a Bugs Bunny cartoon. All right, I don't know. And it ends with the plane is crashing for about. It's falling. It's plummeting for about forty-five seconds, and then it stops a feet, a, like a foot away from the ground. It's like, ah, out of gas. And he says, "Oh, these A cards, you know." And it's like you're going to end this on a joke about wartime rationing. That's not going to last the test of time. Come on, uh, Bob Clampett, whoever directed this. <laughs> anyway, uh, they, who knows? They thought the lower were last. They had
0: the ghost of Bob so, Clampett.
2: No, blue Clampett. The, he's called. I brought this up when we were uh, when we were watching the movie. But what is this little girl's? Endgame. game. Is she planning she's on, stuff that? Yeah, cat she's down. gonna like Kevin Spacey's throat. She's gonna reverse Buster Poindexter, that cat, uh, <laughs> tails from the dark side of the movie, and maybe it'll like, like start working the gears in there.
1: No, and it turns
2: out. So I thought
1: she was have to combine the body with the cat too. All contraire, that's not how it works. Or,
2: like, if so, they touch them, uh, <laughs> they t- If they if touch themselves, themselves and they're
1: like, get a load Love of this, me. have you Love seen me. this? It's amazing! <laughs> and I can like, do it all the time whenever I want!
2: Maybe if she, like, smashed the cat into Kevin Spacey's body, they'd, like, morph together like Ron Silver and Time Cup. <laughs> when it turned into, like, a goop that disappears? <laughs> I mean, that's better than being in a coma, right? I don't know.
1: Anyway but what happens is so when kevin when this kevin spacey's son didn't want to jump out of the plane with him kevin spacey gave him a parachute with a note that said for what when you become a man when you if you when you feel like you're when man you're enough man. when yeah. you're man enough or something mm-hmm. and uh so the son is going to the top of the building it looks like he's going to jump to his death as a way of I guess getting what out of we
2: assume the pred- because he's up there wearing a suit and no parachute, and that's yeah. the only way out of
1: this predicament. He's shamed his family; it feels he's like lost he's
0: everything. Yeah, he's failed his father, and now what?
1: I guess at least his death will ruin the grand opening of this building. Mm-hmm. He, he, but the dad gets to the building on time in cat form, and gets to the. Uh, he's almost tased by security guards, but that doesn't happen. He he gets captured by the goons, but Christopher Walken manages to save him in a scene in which we expected Christopher Walken to shoot someone. (laughs) Uh, But he, he manages to get to the roof, and he goes, no, son, don't jump. The son jumps wearing nothing but a suit. He's plummeting, he's plummeting, he's plummeting. Cut to he's got a parachute on his back all of a sudden. The cat jumps after him and tries to save him by grabbing onto a wire. The wire's not long enough. It snaps the cat back in a move that would have killed a cat. The cat's neck would have mm-hmm. broken like Gwen Stacy falling off the George Washington Bridge when Spider Man tries to save her. I know it's drawn to look like the Brooklyn Bridge, but in the dialogue, they say George Washington Bridge.
2: Yeah, it's worse than Curiosity, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> welcome, Curiosity Jones, yeah. in the cat killing business. Yeah. You're welcome, guys. Curiosity Jones in the cat killing business. didn't thank you for that. And business is good. <laughs> no, no, no. You're welcome, dudes.
0: No, I, there was no thanks. <laughs> no thanks, uh, proffered.
2: But they are,
1: they're plummeting, plummeting, plummeting. He opens the parachute. Yeah! And the cat is like, I guess you were man enough the whole time. Mm -hmm. The cat— Then he fucking Hans Gruber's his way down. Well, he parachutes down. The cat plummets to its death, and at that moment, uh, Kevin Spacey's soul jumps back into Kevin Spacey, which means that all Kevin Spacey had to do was die— and he would have well, just seconded okay. his body. It was, a,
0: it was a sacrifice. Death, though. Oh, he yeah, you're sacrifice. right, actually. He's
1: t- Kevin, Chris Walken tells him that to show you care about your family, you have to sacrifice yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, had the cat not jumped off the roof, it would have changed nothing. He didn't really, I guess it was in the, the thought that he that counts that he was trying to save his yeah. son, but his son would have, so wait, have been like... you are
2: you arguing like a, like a Indiana it's a Jones, It's a Raiders type thing. Yeah. yeah, Raiders and Lost Ark, so that if he was never turned into a cat the same result I'm not saying
1: that I'm saying if the cat didn't show up at the building and jump off the roof to try to save him he would have been fine because he has a parachute that was invisible until it was needed for the plot
2: yeah it's not like he carried the parachute up on his little cat cat back or cat face no not on his cat face
1: which is what (laughs) North Face's
2: pet line (laughs) cat face what happens when the hero from Trigun (laughs) wants to be extra sassy his face morphs (laughs) into a little cat That's Dick Tracy's new villain Catface. Yep. Like no,
1: no, no. It's just a girl on Halloween dressed up as a sexy cat. <laughs> sure. uh, cat face, your crime is over. Bang, bang, bang. He <laughs> stole all this candy. No, it was given to me at the Halloween party I went to. <laughs> Uh, and so he lands with the parachute he reveals hey I have this paper that says that I control the company and Ian you're fired and this building is great Chicago may have Mm -hmm. beaten us with the tallest building but this is the tallest building anyone's ever base jumped off of and I guess the Guinness World Records guy is like ha ha a fine point to make lad I'll put it in me book
2: yeah (laughs) that's the Guinness
1: World Records guy basically
2: he did the whole thing just so that he could get a hold of the microphone and reveal that he has what the deed to the building. What was that <laughs> yeah. piece of paper? He has he had? a piece
1: of paper. I guess that shows that he gets the fifty-one percent of the company that her dad, his dad, had. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: it's a magic piece of paper. It's the uh, movie ending piece of paper.
1: Yeah, and so everyone's okay. <laughs> Kevin Spacey is alive again, and they. But the bad guy, Ian, he as he's walking away, angry on his cell phone, trying to get a new job. He's hit by a car suddenly. His body ends up his soul ends up inside of a cat.
0: Not just any cat, Stu. Who is he? He is
2: movie and internet celebrity, Little Bub.
1: A cat I did not recognize,
2: a cat. but Stewart was like,
0: Stewart was like little
1: bub, little bub, amazing. Yeah, he had his autograph.
0: Everything. He had his autograph book out, and we had to tell him, "Stu, Stu, he's just <laughs> yeah. on the television. Kept, you can't I get his trying, autograph. Kept trying to force it into the speaker of Dan's
2: sound bar. <laughs> he's like, let me pet bub. this
1: kitty cat. Oh, he feels <laughs> like a TV screen, so
2: smooth. <laughs> yep. I tried to to break the screen to release Little
0: Bub because <laughs> he was trapped in there. He's trapped
1: in that glass box. What is he? Tilda Swinton? Get him out of there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, uh, and
1: then uh, th- and they yeah. go to Mr. Perkins to get a new cat. And
2: they
0: give him the same they cat. Found they give him the a, same cat. Yeah, it, the, the cat that, came back the very next day. Yeah, just like the song. Mm-hmm. Just like the Canadian
1: animation. Uh, I thought they were going to give the Little Bub cat to them.
0: So he could, what,
2: torture it? or so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess. He's li- and then they make a joke like, first thing we're going to do is chop its dick off. <laughs> and the cat would look at the camera and go, ah. credits roll.
1: Yep. But uh, no, it's, it ends on uh, Kevin that Spacey requesting a dog.
2: <laughs> we got to get this cat fixed. And the cat just looks at the camera and goes, meow.
0: Oh. And then he goes,
2: bam, bam, bam. The sound of like a katana <laughs> being sharpened. <laughs> As the credits roll. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, i would have loved it uh, so that's, uh yeah that's pretty much and that's nine, nine lives. lives that is it nine was, lives how was, many were
2: there any bloops in the credits i didn't see we, we didn't, didn't wait see for any. And seeing it, are there any bloops <laughs>
1: no i gotta say i was disappointed at how little fun they had with cats doing stuff it was pretty it was not nobody put a lot of effort into this movie let's just say yeah it I think it are like it was shot for television except for those big sh- zooming shots everyone's just kind of phoning it in
2: and I think it. I think it kind of highlights how, as uh, computer special effects have become cheaper and easier to do, a little bit less thought goes into practical stuff. I.e., like what can we get this cat to do that would actually be funny or, or make for an interesting scene. Like having limitations and having to work within a specific sandbox, I think would have made Litter this bodies. movie.
1: To play Devil's Cat Sure. I did feel better knowing that this was a <laughs> fake cat and that a real cat had not been tortured into doing silly yeah. things on camera. And you don't like cats. I don't like cats, but I also don't like living things I being mean, put through pain.
2: I think there's ways that you could have made a cat do funny things that didn't involve like flipping it over and stuff. No, that's
1: true. Like a tortoise.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you
1: shouldn't do that to tortoises either. No, I know they don't that's like that. Cruel about it. But the, but like they there was a lack of invention and yes. a lack of a lack of imagination. In this movie about, it felt very, this was your basic by the numbers, busy businessman gets put in a cat's body while he's <laughs> trying to build the tallest building in the Northern
0: Hemisphere movie. Uh, we're there already, but I just want to make it official. Final judgments, whether this is a good bad movie, a bad bad movie, or a movie you kind of like, Elliot, what do you have to say?
1: A bad bad movie? It's not good enough to be a good bad for me. It was. If you want to see a good bad talking cat movie, you go see a talking cat.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I was hoping to save this for recommendations. But, yeah, just watch A Talking (laughs) Cat. This was a bad, bad movie.
0: Uh, You guys are going to think I'm brain damaged. You kind of liked it? I kind of liked this movie.
1: Hey, I kind of (laughs) liked Independence Day Resurgence. I I can show no superiority to anybody.
0: I like cats, and I like big goofiness. And this movie had a lot of goofiness. This was one of the few movies,
1: usually Dan is Mr. I don't care about the plot, let me play Sonic the Hedgehog on my iPad, whatever. Where's my dinner? Let me deal with that for 35 minutes. But this was one of the few movies where we were talking and Dan was like, wait, what's going on with the paperwork? Guys, we've got to figure out what's happening with the plot. He was (laughs) was much more invested in the plot and
2: figuring it out than I expected he would be. (laughs) I I didn't want the
0: building to be taken Away from them,
2: <laughs> and it's got a great supporting cast in addition to this cat. You oh, got sure. Christopher Walken, Robbie Amel, Cheryl, Cheryl Hines, Cheryl Ketchup Hines, you got Teddy Sears. Who's that? Uh, he was like, Jay Garrick uh from The Flash. He's like barely in the movie, though. Yeah, but I mean, just enough. You get a taste. Yeah, just a little, just
1: a, you just wet your beak on it. A little yeah, bit. it's
2: like tossing a little bit of salt in that stew. <laughs> <laughs> mm, stew mm-hmm.
1: but to be to say that uh, there's a time maybe like 10 or 15 years ago when if you said Kevin Spacey and Christopher Walken are making a movie together I'd be like this is gonna be amazing and
2: like, now I just kind of like Jackie it, Chan and Jet Li are in a movie together Yeah, you're like this is gonna be amazing and then they're like but the real star is this dopey white kid and you're like oh yeah
1: exactly Jackie Chan Academy Honorary Academy Award winner by the way is he? yeah so I hope Dan will from now on be able to remember when he's seen him in a movie or not
0: yeah <laughs> Nope, can't make any promises. (laughs) Podcasts. 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 (laughs) They're audio programs that tell smart stories
2: in innovative ways using editing techniques like Like this. this. Like this.
0: Like this. But let's face it, all that smart stuff can be exhausting. That's where Stop Podcasting Yourself comes in. It's so stupid. It's just two stupid dinguses
2: being dumb idiot jerks for 90 minutes.
0: Stop Podcasting Yourself, the stupid show that smart people love. Find it on iTunes or MaximumFun.org. Are you in need of a shakeup? MaxFunCon is our annual comedy and creativity festival, and it changes lives. Max FunCon West returns to Lake Arrowhead next June,
1: and MaxFunCon East is back in the Poconos next September. Tickets for both are on sale
0: right now, and they will sell out. Visit MaxFunCon.com to buy your tickets today. We can't wait to see you there. Tonight, the Flop House is sponsored in part by ZipRecruiter. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post <laughs> your job to find the best candidates? Because Dan's looking for work. <laughs> yeah, please. Uh, With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. You don't need to do extra work. You can do it with one click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy to use interface. No emails or calls to your office. Screen candidates quickly. Rate them and hire the right person fast. Right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash first. What is that? That's ZipRecruiter.com slash first.
2: As a small business owner, I can tell you,
0: it's tough trying to find good
2: candidates and uh, having something that does away with a lot of the uh, technical bullshit and get you... Uh, access to people that you can weed out through interviews and then train. That's what you want to spend your time doing. You don't want to spend your time trying to figure out websites, you know?
0: Yeah. Who cares about websites, guys? So go to ZipRecruiter.com slash first. Yeah. It's simple. Uh, We also have another sponsor for tonight's show. Uh, A new one, or at least one that we haven't had in a long time. Yeah, what's their problem? The Flophouse is supported in part... By Warby Parker. Oh, wow. A new concept in eyewear. Contemporary eyeglasses that are extremely affordable and fashion-forward.
1: And you don't have to go
2: anywhere.
0: They and come to you. two-thirds of the flop house
2: are nerds with glasses. Mm-hmm. You know it. And I bet roughly two-thirds of our listener base are also glasses-wearing cool people.
1: I'm going to up that number. <laughs>
0: I'm <laughs> literally wearing Warby Parker uh, glasses right now. No, no, using gonna gonna that word literally means
1: not literally wait what that's how what it means now now you say literally when it's not true uh i love these glasses i think that
0: they're sharp
1: how do they deal how are they comfort how comfort wise they feel good
0: uh well i've had them for years now so they've molded to my face or your face is molded to them yeah well, and
1: how do you see through them are the lenses good mm-hmm. those
0: are quality lenses i see through them uh because the lenses are made of glass uh, which is a transparent now,
1: medium. Now, Dan, let me introduce you to how advertising works. I'm asking you leading questions so you can tell me about the high quality of the lenses and comfort of your frames from Warby Parker, our sponsor. What I'm asking you is to tell me how good they are, not to give me smart-ass responses.
0: <laughs> I've, I know I've been how reading glasses my, work. I've been reading my Al Jaffe's Snappy Answers to Stupid Questions book.
1: <laughs> Al Jaffe's uh, Bad Answers to Sponsor Questions.
2: Wait, I'm, I'm looking now, it's... Very a dog-eared copy lying by Dan's bedside with multiple post-its shoved onto the and stuffed into the pages. Yeah, written,
1: notes written. Remember this
0: good one. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, prescription glasses start at ninety-five dollars. That's including lenses. That's $95 ridiculously for the cheap. The whole thing. Yeah, you are a price gouge with glasses. If you have bad eyes, then you are punished by the world.
1: Well, yeah, because you're weak and your genes should have been weeded out a Mm -hmm. long time ago. But also, you can't see the bill. So they're like, just add a couple extra zeros on there. It yeah. doesn't matter. They'll pay whatever because their stupid blind eyes can't handle mm-hmm.
0: it. You're normally paying like, I don't know, $300, $400 for glasses. Oh, sure. Yeah, just uh, per screw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, options include uh, both glasses and sunglasses. You can get sunglasses, too, at Warby Parker. And with the home try-on program, you can order five pairs of glasses ship directly to you for free, try all the frames on, get a feel for them, and get feedback from people... No, that uh, sounds like a fun night. Yeah. You got them for five days. <laughs> we go into,
1: if you go into a bar, you just keep going in the bathroom and changing those glasses. You can make out with five different
2: girls. And, and the not bartender's like, sir, I'm going to need to see ID. Sir, I'm going to need to see ID. <laughs> but I just showed you. The guy in this license isn't wearing glasses.
0: And <laughs> uh, when you're done, you can mail them back to Warby Parker in a prepaid package. and uh, Triple P. Just <laughs> choose which, uh, which glasses you like best and order those. Um, Look, think about it. If this was the Middle Ages, your life would be
1: over because you can't see. Best case scenario, you're going to be a monk putting your face up close to some parchment so you can just be copying some other uh, some other monk's writing from 100 or 200 years ago. <laughs> Thanks to Warby Parker, you don't have to live that life. You can wear glasses that allow you to mm. see like a normie, and it doesn't cost you that much, and you don't even have to leave your house.
2: Now, Dan, are those glasses the kind where if you walk outside and it's really sunny— they get transition tinted. lenses. Yeah, yeah. I they mean, you can, tinted you, and turn into cool sunglasses. You can get transition
1: lenses. Yep. Now, my glasses are transitioning, but in a different way.
0: Okay. Oh
1: wow. <laughs> They're turning into a monocle. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, that's a good joke.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> now there's a special offer for listeners to this podcast. If you go to WarbyParker.com/flop to order your free home try-ons. You can choose the five uh, try, frames to try on, mail the frames back, choose your favorite pair to have your prescription added, and order, uh, and it's a completely risk-free with free shipping all around. If you visit warbyparker.com slash flop to be in your free home try-on experience today, that's warbyparker.com slash flop. Start seeing. Yeah. It's a beautiful world out there. Mm-hmm. Take a look around. It's we a
2: gorgeous we world. Wee-you, wee wee What's that? That's the alarm because we have a Jumbotron tonight. <laughs> Is that the sound of the alarm that we got? Well, I'm trying something new. <laughs> <clears throat> Tonight's Jumbotron reads: Do you enjoy your schlock with notes of nostalgia and a dash of self-deprecation? It's that awful sound the podcast about the music you liked before you knew any better. Every week, That Awful Sound revisits a song and video from a guest's past, mining it for cringe-worthy moments and savoring the painful memories they generate. For example, episode 69. Nice. <laughs> Come on, Stuart. Whew. Grow nice. up. Come on. Okay, I can do this. You can do this. Power for through. example, episode 69. <laughs> <laughs> no, Stuart,
1: you can do this. Come on.
2: Episode (laughs) 6, (laughs) 9. Okay, better. On Smash Mouth's riff-stealing Cool Dad Anthem, Then the Morning Comes, a video that features singer Steve Harwell getting pissed on by a dog for 10 full seconds. So guys, from Crazy Town to Creed, Aaron Carter to Aerosmith, Jillian Anderson to Journey, get episodes of that Awful Sound on podcast apps and thatawfulsound.com. Did Gillian
0: Anderson put out a, an I album? I didn't know. Did she sing?
2: That's You're going to have to go to thatawfulsound.com and All do right. some deep deep mining. Sounds like a real house of mirth starring Gillian Anderson. Uh, we or wanna... an X-File. <laughs>
0: sure. You're watching. Or uh, The Fall. X- <laughs> <laughs> um, Hannibal. <laughs> That's right. Trigger something.
2: Trigger something. That mm-hmm, famous Gillian sure. Anderson <laughs> short film.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I don't know whether it's sold out by the time we this is going to come out, because this is going to come out after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. But, AT. Uh, I just want to mention that we have a live show. Live show alert. What? woo woo woo
1: woo, woo. That's what a siren sounds like. Maybe um. in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> Now in Europe it's like ee-oh, 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 ee-oh. Oh. Oh.
2: What's a, this a Luc Besson movie? Is Jean <laughs> Renault gonna try and is... steal me away in a baguette cart? <laughs> the
1: official sound of Luc Besson movies is that weird <laughs> European police siren.
2: <laughs> so. That's just
1: Luc Besson's ringtone. <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's like, uh oh, somebody's been taken. <laughs>
0: On January the twenty-first, we have a twenty seventeen. We're doing a live show. At the Bell House in beautiful Gowanus, Brooklyn. Great
1: venue. Like We've had yeah. a lot of good times there. We'll probably
0: uh, announce the movie we're watching. Sometime. Yeah. Dan, what movie are we watching? We don't know. Now, this
1: is a live episode recording.
0: Yes, this is a live episode recording. It's uh, doors open at 7. Show is at 7.30. Uh, we'll probably last about an hour and a half, I would guess. <laughs> Before we die. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, we'll bun- <laughs> all
2: bundle into a giant clown car and head to Hinterlands to mm-hmm. get twisted with Stewart. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so it should be a lot of fun. If you haven't been to a Flophouse live show, they're a lot
1: of fun. Buy your tickets now if they're available and you want to go because they do not usually last very long. We uh, have had a number of sold-out shows at that venue,
0: yeah. and
1: uh, we want you to be able to go see it. Come on.
0: Uh, if you don't get into it, though, we... Do they might arrive but they just don't get into it they're like <laughs> eh,
1: this isn't for me we
0: have uh, a over talking we have a plans for another live show that same month but we can't reveal it just yet but uh tickets
1: are not yet available
0: tickets are not yet At available. a different
1: venue but an exciting one and a different type of show
0: so we'll just tease that so don't feel too bad maybe if Mr. You can't T get Yeah, this have one.
2: you ever seen thunder from down under it's gonna be a lot like that <laughs> Yep, the Flophouse house is finally throwing away the whole the whole illusion of the
1: movie stuff and getting down to what we are, which is mail stripping. <laughs> yep.
2: Beefcakes from Brooklyn, we
0: call it. Uh, <laughs> we call
1: it artisanal pecs.
0: <laughs> One last announcement before we move on. So, and this is a Semi-political announcement, so if that's something that bothers you... Uh, ride
1: that 15-second jump-forward jump yeah, button. Yeah, jump-forward on just that Just ride that thing. button until it's time for the letter on. song. Just hit that button to you hear me sing,
0: and then you're going to know it, you're safe from politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, post-election, the Flophouse Facebook group was uh, casting about for something they can do. Um, and at, last year, we had a charity drive to uh, help with suicide prevention and this year
1: the the, the Facebook page
0: did the Facebook mm-hmm. page did. Yeah, this is all uh fan organized with the support of us the flop house. Yeah,
1: but we should not take the credit. We do not we take the credit. No credit. The, the fans bunch, are doing are idiots. doing this
0: and organized it and are seeing it through. But uh they power to them. They voted on what charity they might want to contribute to and they came up with planned parenthood. And so if you want to contribute to the Flophouse Planned Parenthood drive, you can do it through the Flophouse Facebook page, or there's a link. I will put it up on the site uh, and, uh, you know, do a little something this holiday season maybe to, uh, to uh, help others in some way. Uh, but that's all I wanted to say about that. And uh, now we're moving (coughs) on to Letters from Listeners, your second favorite part of the show. And now it's time for your favorite part of
1: the show, (laughs) the song. Everybody's always asking, where's that song? Everybody's always thinking, just how long will the song be this time? (laughs) Is it wrong that I love that song? No, it's not. It's right. Tonight, all right, the song is here for you tonight, out of spite, keeping it long, keeping it real keeping it great for a guy's name Neil but even if you have a different (laughs) name the song can still be for you maybe you're Lou maybe you're Stu maybe you're Rue in the hundred acre wood and you just want a song for you if I didn't mention your name that's okay I'm glad you came for this the song about names send me a dollar in the mail and I'll put your name in the song next time Dan that's okay Right? Right. Okay. Probably shouldn't be, but it is. So here are some more names for you. More rhymes with Thor, which rhymes with Floor, which rhymes with. What's another name that rhymes with Or? Gore. Gore and Or, Bobby your hockey superstar. Not to mention Orr the character from Catch 22 from me and you. This is the song.
0: Thank you. So <sighs>
2: cleaned out a lot of emails during that one. <laughs> uh
0: before we get on to letters proper, we have a few uh gifts in the flop house mail Bag. I you just gotta say it like to- this letters proper. <laughs> like Hammer would say it. <laughs> I just wanna Thank uh, people for a couple of things. Uh, This, I believe, is from Timothy Stoltz. Oh, Eric's brother. If I'm reading this correctly, it's from Timothy Stoltz. Maybe that's just someone who is involved with the DVD. But uh, (laughs) the the note says...
1: (laughs) I haven't seen it, so I don't know how (laughs) Dan is able to misunderstand the information available. It's
2: hard
0: to... I'll give you the... (laughs) You can take a look at it. Okay. Who's
2: um, making some good podcast? <laughs> this is a... Oh, no. Timothy Stoltz. I think, is just someone involved with it.
0: Okay. So but someone... I could be wrong. I could
1: be wrong. Maybe it's from them.
0: Someone sent a DVD called Max Magician and the Legend of the Rings, uh, which uh, says... Mm, the, I don't like legends. The message says... <laughs> you
2: like rings? <laughs> just look at this.
0: <laughs> the message says, I thought you floppers could use a little fun... Whoa. <laughs> So I'm sending you guys the worst movie I've ever seen. Tip, take a shot every time the villain growls, sighs, makes that noise. You'll know the one. Thanks for making a shitty year less shitty. So thank you for this uh, bad movie that's been sent to us. We gotta talk
2: about this movie for a second. First off, there's a dude with a fucking morning star on the cover. That's sick. Nice. I'm not going to talk about uh, the size of the fake uh, of the nose prosthetics on some of these guys. That's a little weird. Uh, but then at the bottom it says, three and a half stars, a fantasy epic in the tradition of Harry Potter and the Lord of the Rings. Um, so the thing that's concerning about that <laughs> is, does that mean this movie was made after those things? Because this seems like it should have been made way longer before it. Well, also, those are two very different type of <laughs> fantasy stories. What are you talking about? One of them is a YA novel, the other is Harry Potter. <laughs> JK, JK. I love Lord of the Rings. And speaking of Lord of the Rings, I want to say, perfect, the sister of JK Simmons. (laughs) I want to say a thank you to listener Bill O'Donnell, who sent my bar Hinterlands a lovely 50th anniversary uh, edition of the Lord of the Rings uh it will be enshrined in the on a place of honor for the most drunken patrons to paw through <laughs> and quote uh and sing the
0: songs of. So thanks, Bill. Uh and there's one more gift quickly from Erica, who writes, My dearest Peaches, I was gonna save this gift for Cagemas, both in order to be seasonally appropriate and to give myself more time to craft a witty missive worthy of the flophouse mailbag. Instead, I am sending it in the dark raggedy second week of november because one of the only ways i know to ease the kind of hurt and fear i'm currently experiencing is to put something nice into the world and tell people who are important to me how much i appreciate them you three are a warm fuzzy blanket of intelligent silliness that is comforting to the point of medicinal and you cannot hear often enough how much you genuinely help people yours in uncharacteristic earnestness erica so we have some wrapped thank you very much erica thanks here I haven't opened them. <laughs> Who knows what
2: they are? Dan never learns his lesson, and decides <laughs> we open things on air. No, I thought. It was... Guys, while you are opening, I want to talk about Max Magician and the Legend of the Rings again. <laughs> so, the back, the first line of the description is Max Magician and the Legend of the Rings is a magical tale about a young about young Max. No shit, a shy bullied boy. Just listening, just reading that makes me want to bully this kid. <laughs>
1: And now we've unwrapped the presents and they are beautiful
0: candles. Yeah. This one uh this one just says Mary Cage, Miss.
1: This one and mine is a Tapwell it's cider very, candle.
0: Oh very whoa. Smelly. that's a deep cut. This mm-hmm. one's a teddy Graham candle and it smells <laughs> like cookies. <laughs> that's a deep cut also.
2: And what does yours say, Stuart? Mine says original peaches and smells unsurprisingly like peach. Nice. Thank you very much, Erica. Yeah. These this will, is lovely. This will help uh kind of the the scent orchestration of my apartment. Mm-hmm. Which it needs. Yeah, that was the thing. <laughs> when you came to visit, you were like, I'm not getting a full smell story <laughs> as I walk through your apartment. I'm, my,
1: I'm getting a narrative through every sense except one, and that's really bothering me. This is going to
0: really up my sensual bath game. Mm-hmm. This will uh <laughs> Unsurprisingly, the only candles in my apartment, as I am a bachelor, are, have been given to me by, uh, by <laughs> women what? in my life who are like... Is that the way they they say goodbye? No. They just leave a lit
1: candle in the bed next to you? Yeah.
0: They, yeah I'm <laughs> not, these, are not, <laughs> these are not lovers. These are just women who are like... You're a person who probably has a smelly apartment. Here's a (laughs) candle.
2: (laughs) They leave a fucking hand of glory on his bedstand. So now you you can enter any door. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: It was a hanged man's hand. Mm -hmm. But thank Thank you you very very much. The only women who give me candles usually are around Hanukkah time when the Orthodox are out making sure I'm praying enough, and they hand out free menorahs and candles.
2: Uh, do they, when, when you're walking around Brooklyn and the guys stop, uh, stop you and they're like, "Excuse me, are you Jewish? Do you say yes or do you just keep going?" Here's the thing: years ago, like when I was a college
1: student, I would say no because I didn't want to talk to them and I would feel really guilty about it mm-hmm. because I was denying my faith.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: now I find I say yes. I want to be honest to them and to God, but and they say, "Oh well, da da da," and I say, "Yes, but I'm not interested." They're like, "Yes, oh, but okay. no, thank you," because. I'm very comfortable for the most part with my relationship with my faith, and I kind of don't need them to be involved. And so I've reached a point where I want to be honest with them because I don't want to lie to myself. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm very honest with them about, like, you and I are not the same. Let's not—we don't believe the same things even though we the things we believe are closer than, say, what I and Christians believe. Uh But I don't— it's like the way, they, uh, the way a lot of them view the world, if the Messiah means everyone's going to be like that, maybe I don't want the Messiah to come. Maybe I like this flawed world
2: more. <laughs> Every time they stop and ask me, because that's why I asked you in the first place. No, because oh, they, they're, <laughs> they're just,
1: they are just because they are just non nondescribent. They're like, you never know. So anyone could be Jewish. Well, they stop and ask me,
2: and I don't know. I could probably pass. You don't you know, look I'm, for, no, you don't look very Jewish at <laughs> all. I'm not like a Seth Rogen-y type character. <laughs> <laughs> but they think you're Seth Rogen. That's why they ask yeah, you. Uh, and every time. That's either Seth Rogen or Josh Brolin. Well, I let's always ask say him. no, but in my head I'm always like, But my wife is, should I say that? And I'm like, no, Stuart, don't say that. They don't give a shit.
1: (laughs) But my wife is. like You want to make them feel better about it. I'll say
2: that and they'll be like,
0: go tell it to the Marines. And I'll be like, go
2: home crying. Uh,
0: But now on to uh, the letters proper. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let's see, it feels good, right? Wow, that sounded
0: really cool. Uh, So this is from someone whose name I misplaced. (laughs) I apologize, now,
1: listeners. Do not take this as how Dan values you. He is just a forgetful guy who's got a lot on his mind. And look, let's just let's just be fair. He's not he's not in right his right mind right now, and so no. he l- loses things. He forgets stuff, but he cares about you.
0: Yeah, but thank you. I remember it was a lady, <laughs> so that removes somehow makes that it removes- worse. Uh, 49% of the population. Okay, great. Um,
1: And I mean, we don't have huge listenership in China, so that's a billion people right there we don't have to worry about forgetting to give credit okay. to.
0: We're going to narrow this thing down. <laughs> <laughs> Put on some coffee. We're going to figure it out. Uh, dear Floppers, my local department store has a claw mach- machine full of stuffed... Cho- Sorry, <laughs> I'm going to start over. A claw
1: machine.
0: My local department store has a claw machine full of stuffed toys for children. I noticed last week that one of these was indeed a stuffed horse head embroidered The Godfather and <laughs> had a strip of red cloth in the bottom to simulate blood. That's
2: I pretty great. I would spend so <laughs> much goddamn money trying to dig that thing out of yep.
0: My husband and I have spent an unhealthy amount of time trying to figure out the long series of decisions that led to this decapitated head being put into a children's game.
1: I'll tell you what happened. One of the stuffed animals in there wasn't doing what Vito Corleone
0: wanted him to do, so they cut the head off his stuffed horse and they <laughs> stuffed it in the claw machine with him. Uh, what would you put into a claw machine if you could add anything? And again, that's from I Misplaced Her Name. With yeah. L. Now, now well,
2: does clearly ha- we want something that's going to have an appeal to kids. Now, does it have to be movie-related or not? I mean, if it could be anything, of course it's just going to be a fucking foil wrapped baked potato. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 you make a good you're case. You <laughs> <He laughs> make it, a good case. Self evident. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's the top of everybody's list. Yeah, sure. you're stuffing a bucket of machine. That's yeah. like
1: the best possible situation. So, so <laughs> since that's a given that yeah. we would all put a foil wrapped baked potato
0: in there, let's go to number two the, on our list. It lies at the perfect nexus between <laughs> delicious and sort of healthy. And
1: graspable <laughs> with a claw.
0: Yeah. Look,
1: stuff that thing full of cheese and like uh, and, uh, and scallions and you've got lunch in Scotland. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, I carry
2: cheese and scallions with me
1: anywhere I go. <laughs> uh, what about yeah. one
0: of the Oogie Loves? Can we put one of them in there? Like a Toofie?
2: <laughs> like the full, like a living person? Like a, oh
0: yeah, a full toofy. <laughs> uh,
2: I don't know. I guess. I don't think the claw's going to be able to haul them out of there. Well, here's the thing. The claw
1: machine, it's, you can never get whatever you want. So I don't know if you want to You can you always
0: have, get what you want.
1: But sometimes...
0: Yeah. You You waste a lot of
1: money trying to grab it. So do you want to put something really good in there, like an Academy Awards, that people waste their time trying to grab it? Or to make people feel better about not being able to get anything with the claw machine, do you make it like a bag of poop? Mm Because like, oh, I didn't get the bag of poop prize, even though I put in a couple quarters, but I didn't really want it. I don't even know why I put the quarters in to try to get and the it. the
2: thing about a bag of poop is that bag, like, it's a plastic bag in it. Like, you can snag uh, that I print. was not imagining a plastic bag.
1: I
0: was imagining a paper lunch sack. Yeah, because you can set those on fire more easily. Exactly.
2: That's going to be really hard to grab with a little claw. But you don't even want it, so it's okay. Oh, so it's like,
1: it's just a spoiler in there? It, no, it's like, since you're not going to get a prize anyway, <laughs> why put something good in there? Make yeah. people feel better and be like, well, I didn't get anything, but I didn't want it.
0: Yeah, you're comp- you're sort of competing as a metaphor. You're like Yeah. It's not about
1: you it's not you versus the claw machine cuz mm-hmm. you're always going to lose. It's you versus yourself.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, when I think of a claw machine, I think of like the stuff you'd want to you'd want to get at like the midway. If you're mm-hmm. like walking along the boardwalk, eating one of them deep-fried Oreos. I mean, the boardwalk and the midway, I think would be two Same different thing. <laughs> and so I'm pumping a couple bucks on a claw machine. I'm going to want something that's going to fit my sense of style. So I'm going to want to get, like, a really badass Betty Boop or, like, a, <laughs> a little Scarface. Or, like, a big novelty comb. <laughs> yeah, like, I want a Scarface that's just Al Pacino's face and it has Tony Montana, like, written in script along the cheek.
1: <laughs> no, I want, like, a Tony Montana, Tony Manero mashup where it's he's Scarface but he's
2: wearing the Saturday Night Fever suit. Oh. And he's dancing
1: but he's still got the gun in his
2: hands. Well, I love mashups and he's saying, cel- wait. What does he say? Say hello to my little friend? Yeah. But mash that up with a Saturday Night Fever. With something from Saturday, Saturday Night Fever. Fever. Don't,
1: uh, why is he touching my hair or something like that?
0: <laughs> uh, this next letter goes like this. There's a wonderful BBC radio comedy series called Cabin Pressure about a single-plane airline. It has Benedict Cumberbatch and Roger Allum as pilots who play word games nearly every episode. <coughs> During this a, is
1: the most British-sounding show. <laughs> <laughs>
0: During a re listen,
1: they, su- they, su- they solve tea related murders.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. They get in arguments about politeness. <laughs> they, uh,
0: they bake cakes for the, the Queen Mother. Uh, during a re listen, didn't she pass away a while ago? I don't the know. Queen mother? They reminded me a lot of your trio. Looking it up. One of my favorites is the word game People Who Aren't Evil But Have Evil Sounding Names. They come up with Russell Crowe, Agatha Christie, and Callista Flockhart. But I want I was wondering what you think is the most evil sounding name of any person. Cole Hauser. I oh, no, That's no, totally come on. Right. He seems like a hero guy. <laughs> no. Like a t- but rough no, and tough hero. No,
1: Kohlhauser is a bad bad dude
0: All in right. the name. In I real mean, life, it's, a hero. It's super easy. I got you got you both fucking. Hold true. on, I got one more I got one more <laughs> sentence in this. Okay. I think Elliot- and the lessons is you can't <laughs> say Kohlhauser. <Cole> <laughs> I know he says I think Elliot actually has a strong contender for a villain name. Love the podcast. All the best. First initial held. Rg. Mm, Elliot Kalen. I could see that as a villain. Hands name, yeah. down. Max von Sydow. Boom. Yeah. Boom. Oh, you you go.
1: got it. It's even better. Yeah. What Max. about
0: a uh, Killian Murphy? It's got kill in it. Uh, oh, that's pretty good. Pretty
1: good. Max von is pretty hard Max to beat. Sydow is- oh, what about Adolf Hitler? Mm. That's a pretty villain, but I guess the game is not actually a villain, right? Because he was evil. hmm Because that's an evil-sounding name. Yeah. What about... Oh, it's so hard to beat Max von Sydow. Yeah. no, right? I mean, this is not to get political, but Newt Gingrich does sound like a villain in a fantasy novel.
0: That's fair. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think... I was going to say Tilda Swinton, but she just sounds like an elf. Yeah. Tilda Swinton sounds like a woman who's, who solves tea-related murders.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, F. Murray Abraham sounds like a hero. If he was Murray F. Abraham,
1: that's a presidential assassin name.
2: I I have a funny story about F. Murray Abraham. One of my regulars, uh, <laughs> someone I've seen on stage in a play. Anyway, continue. One of my regulars uh, is a uh, is a like the <coughs> the set manager or some shit for whatever whatever TV show he's on now. And they were he and a couple other the crew guys were hanging out in this office where they were shooting. And F. Marie Abraham uh, walked into the room, clearly trying to go somewhere else. And uh, he was looking for the bathroom, and they're like, oh no, it's down the hall. And he's like, and then before he left, he's like, well, at some point, we should all go out for a drink because I have a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Which is great and fulfills my need for believing that F. Marie Abraham is an awesome dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're not going to get any better than that. So, no. Frank Zappa?
0: <laughs> sure.
2: Yep. He's some kind of electricity-based villain. <laughs> exactly. Um.
0: Some
1: kind of hot dog and electricity-based
2: villain. <laughs> yeah.
0: He's the Electro-Gremlin from Gremlins 2. Oh, he wishes. Um. I mean, the
1: Electro... more of
2: an agent of chaos than an actual villain.
1: Exactly. Yes. He, he's He's barely even conscious of what he's doing. He's just causing <laughs> trouble in a bubble.
2: Uh, and and Electro so is a, a, just a dog cars, you know?
1: <laughs> Electro's real name was Max Dylan's. So that's pretty close to Max von hmm This next letter. Now, Scorpion's real name is Mac
2: Gargan. Mm-hmm. That's a normal person's name. <laughs> did we talk about whether or not Scorpio, Scorpion's tail is attached to him or not? We did in a previous episode. Okay, last
1: last episode. Yeah.
0: Okay. Hey, floppers. Hey, what's up? That's us. I've been... This is from Wade, last name withheld. By Wilson, right. Deadpool. Hey, oh, Floppers. Garrett from uh, Roadhouse. Or is
1: it Wade the Duck from U.S. Acres? <laughs> we hate your cartoon, don't write in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've been re-listening to your back catalog, and it seems like the vast majority of the films you've watched ended up being bad, bad movies. Do you think any of these bad, bads have any inherent value? Which of the bad, bad movies you've seen... Would be the best candidate for a reboot with a new director and writer at the helm? Would Spielberg be able to turn Sucker Punch into a watchable movie? Could Hitchcock cobble together something decent out of paranoia? What would Paul Schrader do if he put the treatment of abduction in front of him? Love the podcast and please never end it. Wade, last name withheld. Thanks, Wade. Thanks for listening.
2: And thanks, Wade, for reminding us that we've spent the last nine years watching bad bad movies. (laughs) Wasting our time. Ugh. So Dan, it looks like you got an answer on the no, tip I, of your tongue. No, I hate. Here's the thing: <laughs> I hate any
0: uh, question that requires me to remember the movies that we've watched for this podcast. It's hard to remember. I mean, the and
2: it's a little uncomfortable trying to play like backseat driver, imagining what one director would do with another person's movie. Yeah, uh, I would say that like
1: um, there are a couple movies like Next. Mm-hmm. Or like uh, I don't remember what we said about Victor Frankenstein, but there are movies where like I mean there it's just the Frankenstein story, but like where you could do take the same very like the concept and do something with it. I don't remember if we called Gods of Egypt a bad bad movie, but like that's a concept that could have been really fun, you know, if it was if it was handled. Yeah, a little but which
2: director and whose specific vision would have made Gods of Egypt more interesting than the one we saw?
1: Than that one. Because uh, you, can, you know. can't say
2: your boy Tarsim because we saw what he did with it, Immortals. With, with, and it was not very good. Not very and good.
1: Very similar and not very mm-hmm. good. It was, I mean, as much as I love Tarsum's The Fall, yeah. Uh, but maybe someone like... You know what I'm going to say for Gods of Egypt? And this is going to sound crazy. Okay. Howard Hawks. Wow.
2: Because okay. that movie
1: had plenty of crazy concepts. It, had, it Visually, it was goofy in a stunning way at times. What the movie didn't have was it didn't have charismatic characters. I was about to say actors. Charismatic characters or good, solid action banter between the two of them. And that's right in Howard Hawks' wheelhouse is charismatic characters who banter in a funny way, but that also shows an appreciation of the stakes of the situation. Uh If you could apply that to the goofy craziness of Gods of Egypt, I think you'd have something there. You'd have maybe even like a Star Wars type of movie.
2: Whoa. Now, I think the obvious answer here would be a remake of food fight from our boys <laughs> at Pixar. Cause they know how to turn brands into lovable characters. Well, that's a good, bad movie
0: though. That's uh, I mean, I could easily oh, say that right. we, we throw David Lynch at fateful findings and call yeah. it a day.
2: I mean, <laughs> yeah, just I throw like them at it. <laughs> know, I feel like you almost don't want to touch Fateful Findings because any like minor tweak, even like yeah. the slightest bit, like if they released like a director's cut of Fateful Findings, it would just not be quite the same beautiful mess. Yeah, no, Fateful Findings is a masterpiece of
0: of crap. I mean, there's stupid movies like uh, Olympus Has Fallen or something like that that I feel like if you threw like a better action director at it, like John McTiernan or something like that. It would be yeah, director of Rollerball, the remake.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's got duds in their filmography. <laughs> not Stuart Gordon. Who, there's, who's, I mean, who's a- the one? Yeah, not Stewart Gordon. Sure, he does. The only, the you only director.
2: Give me one. Give me a single dud in Stuart Gordon's uh, filmography. And if you say Robot Jocks, I'm quitting the podcast. <laughs> All right.
1: Well, then I guess there's nothing. <laughs> I'm the. Uh, I mean, I don't What's love the end Castle. Of robot
0: Jocks, maybe- where they're like. <laughs> Truly, these robots were the jocks. like, yeah. Like, we, don't, we can't live. We're robot jocks. Yeah, you know dude, like that? it's
2: super poignant. Yeah. It's a tale of U- the US and Russia overcoming their differences by beating each other up with robot jocks. Yeah. Oh, what a good movie. Yeah. All
1: right. And the only, the, uh, yeah, the only director who I think has no duds in his filmography is Gene Vigo, because he made like one movie and a short, and then he died. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so that's did- your advice to young filmmakers
1: oh make one great movie and then die for sure yeah. that will I mean it, you can have a sterling reputation
0: I would
2: say I, I don't have a I don't have a particularly good answer for this question but I would say any of the horror movies get Stuart Gordon to do it or any of the dramas get Stuart Gordon to do it <laughs> Just throw Stuart Gordon at that. Yeah, yeah, Do Odd Life of Timothy Green directed by Stuart Gordon. That'll be horrifying. <laughs> we'll watch that boy's body knit together in that box of the fucking components they, th- they assemble. And
1: it'll be goopy somehow, even though it's made out of plants. Oh, uh, it's going to
2: be so, like, it's it's the kind of goop that David Cronenberg has nightmares about.
1: I mean, in a way, The Odd Life of Timothy Green was already made by Jan Svankmajer with his movie Little Otik. Mm-hmm. which is about a boy who's, who's grown out of a root and is, and, har- and terrifies people. So yeah. that's just watch those two movies <laughs> together. We can
0: make a boy out of pencils. We can make a pencil out of boys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's not what they said at all. <laughs> Grind up the boys. <laughs> no.
0: Uh, last letter of the evening. Uh, this is from, it says, Regards from the ships at sea, name withheld. I was just listening to the Max Fun show, The Greatest Generation. I'm thinking what a natural fit it would be for the next switcheroo. Then Adam Pranaka? do you listen to the show? We, we know our friend Ben Harrison is on it, but...
2: I don't remember President Adam's last Benjamin name, I don't know how to
0: pronounce it. Okay. I'm going to say Adam Pranaka. Really? Ru- super funny. Ruined it by revealing that he thought Dan's Halloween Sherlock costume was a Brent Spiner playing Data pretending to be Sherlock. That's a much better costume uh dead
2: actually pretty accurate
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) dead to me that's how much of a damn partisan i am anyway not to tip your hands too far but what shows would you like to do the next crossover with the adventure zone is a classic which i hope continues in its own right but i'd also like to hear stew finally resolve some of his teen problems with still buffering or elliot pretending to be canadian for stop podcasting yourself what say the floppers um, I mean,
2: I do like having a chance to just talk to some fucking teens, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: I mean, you're legally not allowed to do that
2: anymore. Yeah, I guess you're right. So I'd have to pick something different.
0: I mean, I'll pre- I'll prelude this by, or preface it by saying that I don't think there's going to be another <laughs> switcheroo because it was largely unsuccessful. I think that it was very, it was like an idea wow, that... A, a peek behind the curtain. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, yeah. It was an idea that, like... People had a lot of enthusiasm. Enthusiasm before, before they had an enthusiasm. That's yep. when
1: you have so much enthusiasm that you just are overwhelmed with pleasure. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, hey listener, like, thanks for do you, writing. Do people know about
0: this. Do people know about <laughs> this like, thing?
1: Have you, has anyone, <laughs> has been anyone done this? this? It's like if I do this thing enough, something comes out of me, and I feel amazing, and then yeah. I feel kind of tired, and then I feel really guilty.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, mom, dad, what is this? <laughs> what you can do this wherever it? you go, though. It's like on
1: you all the time. <laughs> this guy who, who's he's doing this. It's back to the future and he's just masturbating on stage in front of everybody and this guy's like Hugh, Hugh, it's me, your nephew, Gary Hefner. You know that new way to get off that you've been looking for? Well, listen to this. <laughs> and, and as Where is the, he pointing just, the phone at? You point yeah. him in a direction <laughs> and away it's, from it's your Just weed.
0: gross, squeaky, <laughs> squishing <laughs> sounds. Know?
1: And as the cops are pulling away, he's like, you guys aren't going to like it, but your kids are going to love it when they turn 13.
2: <laughs> yeah, he he puts the points the phone toward a ramekin full of...
0: Uh, I
2: don't no. know, potato salad that you're jammed your thumb into. <laughs> Turns a boot stuck in the mud, yep.
0: No, uh, the switcheroo was a very popular idea before it happened. I love like, the idea that this that this listener wrote
2: in was like, I really like this. Which one would you like to do? And you're like, mm, your premise is flawed. <laughs>
1: like Nobody else wants to hear that ever. You're wrong.
0: No, I'm just, I just don't want to, I don't, I don't want to. Turn in your gun and badge. I don't want to disappoint anyone. I just. I just know that uh, there were a lot of fans who complained when the switcheroo actually happened because it turns out that they like people doing the podcasts that they do already. Podcasts are all about fantasies, baby. But (laughs) that being said...
2: And it. It. Somebody, somebody has to know what know what that, that sound clip that shit. <laughs> yeah, that somebody, no that, idea. Idea. that is the new fucking Max Fun fucking logo.
1: <laughs> I have no idea what that means. Max Fun, Maximum Fun. <laughs>
2: sound podcasts <laughs> <Get> are <laughs> about get
1: fantasies, off and baby. Get shit out of here. That's <laughs> like, throw
2: that in there.
1: This is, you are, you are a creepy <laughs> podcast producer yeah, yeah, yeah. who's going after like lost runaways <laughs> in Los Angeles. <laughs> and you're like, hey, get loose. Podcasts are all about fantasies, baby. Unbutton your
2: shirt. Hey, come on. Let's. (laughs) Maybe let's relax, have a little bit of stew juice. You guys are making it. That's what he calls wine. So, Uh, uh, man, this is tough because I yeah, I
0: got I got answers for this.
2: Uh, obvious like one of the new shows on the network, uh, Dead Pilot Society. I would love to get to do to do a reading of. A pilot yeah. written by my boys, Dan or Elliot. I've got one. I've got a
0: pilot I would love to do on and it because it's going nowhere. And I don't think it's you really know, funny.
2: As somebody would literally we could do, do that as a
0: bonus episode sometime, we could totally do that. Oh,
2: okay, sure. As somebody with no I'll, I'll theatrical training, I really overestimate <laughs> my ability to read something. <laughs> and you know Dan
1: can't read anything, so it's hilarity. The
0: weird thing is, though, uh, my tongue becomes much more dexterous as soon as I'm playing another part. Like, I can act. <laughs> Especially I just can't if you're playing read.
1: that Florida based serial killer, dexterous.
2: <laughs> uh
0: yeah, no, but you like, and
2: your dark passenger have to throw some bodies in Miami and drink some sopa de pollo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. But Ale, no, you've seen me on stage. It's not like no, I'm this tripping story, over no. myself
1: when you when you're performing and when you're playing character. Yes, you are you're quite fluent and you have no in tr- very articulate. You have no trouble making. You're yourself a specific understood.
0: type
2: of
1: introvert. <laughs> Thank you. You like to lose yourself in a character in the moment. You own
0: it. Yeah, I never want to let it go. Yeah, mom spaghetti. hands are Sarah. sweaty. Uh, so I there's <laughs> mom spaghetti, serengeti. <laughs>
1: Uh, Balthazar <laughs> Getty, Estelle Getty. There's a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they're all booing him off the stage. Boo.
0: Images by Getty. And
2: no one boos <laughs> louder than Balthazar <laughs> Getty. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, uh you know what podcast I'd love to cross over with? It's not a Max Fun podcast. It's called Presidents or People Two, and it's not a podcast. It's an audio series I do for Audible. I co host it. It's now available on iTunes, Presidents or People Two. Me and Alexis Co. talk about a different president every episode. That's an
2: interesting Dodge, Elliot, but it's a great show. Thank you.
0: Uh there's a number of ones that I would like to do. I would like to do Jordan Jesse Go just because it would be fun to do something totally unstructured. I mean, it is structured as opposed to this. <laughs> yeah. It is structured, but it's it's talking about people's lives and like whatever you want to talk about rather than having a central theme uh mm-hmm. which sounds fun to me to just do that. But I also would like to do um Either my brother, my brother and me, or Judge John Hodgman We'd because we're be so
2: bad at that though. Yeah. We
0: get to tell people what to do though. I know, but Short that's power, why we but... would be
2: bad at it. Nobody wants our advice.
0: I think it'd be so much fun to give advice out.
2: You're probably right. It would be fun. Okay,
1: let's let's try that. Let's just let's, change our podcast. Let's run a simulation. Okay, I'm having trouble. I have a secret Santa coming up, and I'm worried about staying under the money limit because I don't want to seem too cheap, but I also don't want to go over because I don't even the, the person's not even gonna know it's from me. What should I do?
2: Uh this is obviously the secret Santa we're doing here at the flop house, and you clearly have Dan because you are asking Dan directly. <laughs> yes, so yeah. Dan's gonna say
0: go over. <laughs> I was going to say, give instructions on how to masturbate. Because as we've learned tonight, that's the best present. Not enough
1: people know, and it's the gift that keeps on giving. It's a a present you
0: can give yourself. (laughs) Elliot's undoing his belt. Oh,
1: wow, that's a very large belt buckle, Elliot. Oh, yeah, well, you know, i got to keep these pants up somehow.
2: Oh, wow, is that the official uh, Texas sesquicentennial official belt buckle of their Mm -hmm. 150 years? Wow. Yep, yep, I got it when I was in Texas for that very celebration. Okay, well, now your pants are coming all the way down. (laughs) Okay, this is
0: becoming very close to erotica now, and I'm getting (laughs) very... Not that close. (laughs) He's narrating, like, play by play, your pants being removed. Most of the time when I hear erotica erotica,
2: I hear a joyful Stuart reading it out loud.
0: <laughs> that is, a, that, yeah, the problem now is I can't get off without hearing Stuart's voice reading the erotica.
2: Yeah, it's required a lot of weird late night phone calls from me. <laughs> yeah, where you're like,
1: Dan, are you okay? You're breathing funny. I'm fine. Just keep reading that just, story. It's a total goof. Just, it's funny. Just keep, That's why I
2: want you to read to me, just as a joke. Just keep reading the descriptions of movies on
0: IMDb. <laughs>
1: I think it might be the saddest (laughs) masturbation
0: fodder. Oh, brother. So uh, I hope that has answered all of your questions (coughs) to the fullest of our abilities. But now. Very quick
1: recommendations. It's time
0: to get on to recommendations of movies that we like. Oh,
1: God. And we've been talking for a while. We should should do this fast. Um, Fast as a flash.
2: Man, I'm going to jump right in here. I'm going to, rec- I'm going to, I'm going to recommend a movie called waxwork Two: Lost in time. That's a movie that picks up right where the first waxwork left off, which is great because you probably got waxwork two in a DVD bundle with the first waxwork, uh, uh, waxwork, <laughs> <laughs> that, waxwork two. You got, uh, the heroes from the first movie, one of them being Zach Galligan, uh, from gremlins, and they have just survived the horrors of the original Waxwork, uh, only to go home and have a severed hand, a la what thing? Is that the thing from Yeah, Adam's Family? Yeah, yep. Or the hand from Evil Dead? This is your quick version. Yeah, murders her dad, and they ha- and she gets arrested. And the only way they can clear this woman's name is by using a portal to travel through time and get an adventures. It's great. Check it out, Waxwork Two. Boom. I'm gonna recommend a
1: movie that is, I guess, similar to today's in that it's also about a woman who is having trouble with her husband's uh, focus on his career and his wants as opposed to what's best for the both of them. And that's (coughs) it's a movie called Losing Ground from 1982. It was written and directed by Kathleen Collins, and it is a story about, uh, I guess, the best way to describe it's a story about a marriage of two black intellectuals. She is a philosophy professor. He is an artist, and she is finding that she is not getting from him the thing that she needs, which is his attention and support. And he is instead feeling that, as an artist, he has the license to kind of live however he wants and do however he wants. And it's a really well-observed movie, uh, and it's got a really good cast. A bunch of great actors are in it, like Bill Gunn and Dwayne Jones, who you may remember from Night of the Living Dead— and it's a really good independent movie uh, about a world that I know I don't usually see a lot of movies about. So losing
0: ground. Uh, and I'm going to recommend a documentary by Werner Herzog called "Encounters at the End of the World," uh, about him at the South Pole, uh, Antarctica, rather. Um, and it's you you sort of hear of a documentary. Set in Antarctica, and you just imagine a bunch of penguins, you know, a bunch of beautiful nature photography. And there are penguins in the movie. There is beautiful nature photography, but the movie is largely about, and this is tipped by the title Encounters at the End of the World. It's largely about um, both the people that he meets in Antarctica, the types of people that are drawn to living in Antarctica and doing research there and being support staff for researchers. Um, There's, you know, like there's a, a plumber who takes comfort from the fact that he is the descendant uh, as he claims, because he has these, this particular deformity in his hands. He says he's the descendant of Aztec princes. Um, there are. There's a woman who uh, has been in all sorts of war zones across the world, and is a contortionist who can put herself inside a luggage piece of luggage. There's <coughs> all these just fascinating people who have been shaken down to the southernmost part of the world, and it's about that, and it's about sort of implicitly about how the the ice and the snow is obviously disappearing because of global warming and what that means for the world. Um, and it's one of these essay documentary films that doesn't have like a strong central thesis, but is sort of poetic and beautiful and, uh, inquisitive about life and about humanity. And, uh, you know, it's the sort of thing that Vern Herzog does very well encounters at the end of the world is what I recommend. Wow! Three recommendations. We did it. Okay. Uh,
2: now what do we do on this podcast? Now we blessedly sign off. Let's say goodbye once
1: again. We have talked for longer than the movie <laughs> was
0: by half an hour.
1: Wow. Ay, okay.
0: ay. So well, let's. Let I mean, the embossed. movie not have to talk about letters and stuff. That's true.
1: So let's bid a fond adieu to all of our listeners. Thank you so much for listening and for giving us your time and your enthusiasm. And thank in you. some cases, your money. Thank you to Max Fun, our parent network, and all the other great shows on it. Thank you to the people who keep the lights on, keep the electricity humming, and thank you to the man upstairs, the guy who lives above Dan and doesn't complain about all of our <laughs> loud
0: talking late at night. We really, Without him, we couldn't do it. Thanks, big guy. Yeah, and thanks to the makers of... Max Magician in The Legend of the Rings, <laughs> whatever this movie is. Uh, but most of all, most of all, thanks to you. Thanks to you. Yeah. Okay.
2: Let's sign off. Hey, guys, for the Flophouse, <laughs> I've been Stuart Wellington. I've been Dan McCoy. And I'll
1: always, in a little corner of the world, be Elliot Kalen. Cut it. Good night, everyone.
2: It likes old-timey shit. Mm-hmm. Stuart likes new-timey shit. Dad doesn't like anything. But we all kind of like porn.
0: That's what all I've, kind of like porn.
2: I've been
1: trying. I've been trying to figure out a stand-up bit about how 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 offended I am that movies, <laughs> whenever you, sh- it's just shorthand for a sad, lonely character to show him masturbating. It's like, look, there's any number of reasons you're masturbating. Maybe you're sad and lonely. Maybe you're just bored. Maybe you got 15 minutes to kill before you got to make a phone call.